that's it. All right, so this is episode number 315 of the Cleveland Moto Podcast. We'd like to have a, uh, we'd like to extend a laurel and a hearty handshake to uh, all of our people that are following us on Twitch. So um, one of us is going to be monitoring the Twitches, and every time you Twitch, um, somebody will say something. So there you go. Feel but free to Twitch. We, we Twitch, you Twitch. And we'll all twitch together. I saw that Kromke's holding up a noble beast. Yeah, I've got a crawler of their southpaw to try. Yeah, and that's uh, and that's those guys are also sponsoring. No relation between Noble Beast Brewing and uh, our friend Steve Noble, but they're all working together as part of the Moto Go project to support getting shop class back into schools by taking the shop class to the kids, you know, either giving them these visible V8 models that they could build with the pistons that go uppity duppity and the valves that open and closes or getting in a CB three fifties in trailers delivered to where the children are and force young children to take apart um, CB three fifties. Unlike in Thailand where they force small children to put CB three fifties together. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I bought a, I bought some raffle tickets for their fundraiser from MotoGo today uh, for the Jalera. Yeah. I bought, it, I bought all three just for the hell of it. Yeah. Just to give them some money. Absolutely. Yeah. I kicked them. I kicked them 500 bucks the other day um, to, you know, to just be a supporter of the whole program. Why not? You know, um, I might be broken down on the side of the road someday and some young child might come and rescue my ass. So that'd be cool. I'm totally down with that. Only if you're on CB350. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd be on the side of the road with a CB350 and some, you know, 15-year-old comes along and goes, hey, we work on those at school. <laughs> so just like I did when I was 15 years old and I saw a Volkswagen Beetle on the side of the road, I'd be like, I know how to work on that. <laughs> so, so that's that. So who else has got anything uh, exciting to report in their beverage choices? Anyone have anything cool or exotic? Got some uh, peach and apricot platform. Shit, pinky's up on that one. Mm -hmm. Wow, Pe peach and apricot in the same drink. We know who's got the frilly underwear. I have, yeah. I have my homegrown tomatoes that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm hanging out <laughs> with. So I got some of that going on. So that's cool. <laughs> that's your, that's your homegrown tomato product. <laughs> A little small, a little, you know, <laughs> they're real short tomatoes. <laughs> I like the way Hoffert, Hoffert, Hoffert and Mecklefresh were frozen yeah. and they were frozen in the, <laughs> <laughs> you have to bring out that little dick icon later. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to, I, I don't think you were here before when we we're talking about it when we first got on, but I'm going to have to make a double ended one because you know, there's, there's two of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the floating, the floating hot dog thing. Yeah. You're going to touch pipes or tubes. Tube you know, I probably could just run in the house and get one. <laughs> Wait a second. We'll make it interesting. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay. So that we knew this was a problem because once they started working together yeah. and they became part of the same COVID pod, <laughs> COVID goes into their work environment and gets tackled by this various different strains of E. coli. <laughs> <laughs> they have they have a little cage where they keep the Ebola and they feed it every once in a while. <laughs> that's called the contact tank. <laughs> that's, that's where the bad germs come in contact with the good germs. The good germs? Yeah. 
You're they in there. Them. The good germs eat them. You're in there feeding the good bacteria. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Man. I uh, I feed them like two or three times a day, a, a raw dump right into the toilet. The plants, <laughs> plants still can't take it. If I shit and I run outside fast enough, I can watch it come into the stream. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about like maybe trying to find a w- way to recycle some of the food like we got the market cornered on corn <laughs> we've been selling that to uh iga already <laughs> we started uh, saving the bra- bacon grease and melting it down you're gonna sell <laughs> pre-owned <laughs> corn <laughs> pre-chewed lightly used corn just yeah. don't do moonshine, please. Don't. <laughs> we figure it can go through five cycles before it breaks totally down. I mean, this time of year, everybody's on their health kick, so we got all kinds of undigested lettuce coming through the bar screen and everything. Still green, little wilted. <laughs> kind yeah, of small somebody, pieces. Somebody threw away some perfectly good broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's horrible. That's absolutely horrible. We just put it in a box and send it to Millennials. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, in the in the motorcycle news, Triumph did officially announce their 2021 Bonneville range. So uh, they've announced that there's a whole new Bonneville action. Now, uh, Moto Guzzi also did... Uh, announced some changes for the Moto Guzzi line and uh, with Triumph announcing changes to the Bonneville line, this is kind of exciting. You know, there's, there's going to be some, some new crap out there, if nothing else Um, with the Bonneville, did anybody find anything uh, that is actually different for the 2021 Bonneville different than the 2020? Um, I found some info that said they might, that they've got upgraded instrumentation and it's got built in Bluetooth now. Okay. I didn't look up anything Bonneville related because Dan distracted me with that Trident 660. And I started looking at that and watching videos and I was like, Oh, 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 look at this. Yeah. I kind of wonder why, I mean, I understand why they made that a 660. It's they make a 675 and it's probably the same casting. Okay. Uh, Well, they were saying though, that bike actually is not anything like the 675 street triple. And it was actually specifically built. It's all pretty much proprietary. It's built around the A2 restrictions in Britain. And in fact, they even have a kit that you can restrict that bike, legally ride it on your beginner's or A2 permit. Okay. And then once you've passed your permit, then I don't know who unlocks the bike for you. If you get a piece of paper and then you can take it into the dealer, but then they will de-restrict it and let you go have fun. All right. That makes sense. And I know there's a ton of motorcycles that have that where they'll be under a certain horsepower limit for the more entry level market. So many manufacturers will build two different versions of the exact same motorcycle so that they can have a motorcycle to sell to that entry level market. So, yeah, makes perfect sense all the way down for uh, like. In mine, he's literally the bottom square. So if this were the game of Hollywood squares, <laughs> the number six square at this point. Well, well and, Nick has to, squares here. and Nick has to strap on his lisp so he could be Paul, whatever his name was, like, say! Right. Yeah, exactly. Because Nick, <laughs> right, Nick absolutely has the center square, right. the desirable <laughs> center square. Paul so Paul Lynn, the guy's Paul name was Lynn. Paul Lynn. Paul Lynn, absolutely. Congratulations, yeah. Nick. You're in the center of the circle jerk. 
Nice. You are the you are the center, or you are the circle in the square. What do they used to call it? The center circle gets a square. Here's the Bukaki. Square gets a circle, right? Circle gets a square. But more importantly, he is the the ever so important pivot man on the circle jerk. <laughs> That's when you got to switch and go back the other way. He's just there to lend you a hand in case you get tired. Well, you know, it's the it's the old downhill skier thing, right? You know? <laughs> So, so tell me a little bit more about the Trident 660 because I am curious about that. I, I like the well, idea. In the, I mean, it looks like a gorgeous bike. They really did some nice stuff. And they said that they actually, this was targeted at uh, a new buyer type market. So what they wanted the bike to really look nice because they, and, and not to gloss over, it does have some very good technical features and everything but it was like we really want the styling to be right we want to look good because these are going to be people who may not know a whole lot about you know what a superb bike is other than it looks good you know yeah i think it makes like 70 horsepower 80 and it weighs just 80 horsepower 60 foot pounds of torque and it's uh, it it weighs just over 400 pounds wet uh-huh. That's 380 with dry or something like okay. that. Okay. That's pretty cool because you know, again, we all talked about some people think that inline th- inline three cylinders are magic, some people think they're the devil. But I'm looking at those numbers and those numbers all look like that's pretty legit. What's funny is again another motorcycle that's tuned for the mid-range. We know that a 600 cc motor can produce 100 angry horsepowers. Um, it's they say that 90% of the torque yeah. is available all the way across the the yeah. torque that you know you're only getting 10% more torque when you rev it to the red line. It's not light. I mean it weighs more than a Moto Guzzi 750. You know? So, so did um, did Triumph say did they eliminate any Bonnevilles? I um, it looked like they had five, maybe maybe five different Bonnevilles. Uh, I, I heard a rumor they're eliminating the um, the Thruxton the Thruxton R and the I Scramble. Didn't see, yeah, and I would I would definitely agree with that because I did not see in their uh, demo I didn't see any new um, Thruxtons. Oh my God! So, the price yeah. wow. under eight grand. No, no. Uh, that speed triple twelve hundred at eighteen three, but that's the RS. And and what they're doing with these RSs, I think maybe they're trying to still build the RSs in England. So there'll be quite a heavy price jump in some of those bikes that are still built in England. So that will be a thing. It'll be something that we're all aware of. So this is is this new? The the Tiger nine hundred? Tiger nine hundred, yeah. That's what do you reckon? That's just a a, a new uh a new iteration of an older bike. Yeah, because it used to be yeah. the 850. Now, okay. Look at that price jump. Boy, go back there. See that price jump from eleven nine ninety five, so twelve grand to fourteen seven. So what is costing twenty seven hundred more dollars hmm. in yeah. that bike, right? So are these twenty twenty ones or twenty twenties? Uh, those look like twenty twenties. Really? I'm okay. saying, yeah, but that that. Uh, that looks like a 2021. Yeah. Well, again, we're going to have to have somebody help us crack the Triumph code. Now is not a great time to be a Triumph dealer uh, because what I will tell you is guess what you'd have to have in your showroom right now? All this stuff. Yeah, right. all of it. All of it. 
So, you know, the, uh, how many tigers you got? Oh, I got a, I got an entire fucking big cat house full of fucking tigers, you know? I thought, I thought you were going to say customers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the challenge is anytime a motorcycle manufacturer branches out into a whole lot of different subversions of the same bike. And we know for a while that there were like nine different versions of Bonneville. That's really challenging to a dealer. Now, a Bonneville's not so bad. They're pretty affordable to sell. There's a decent margin on them. So the Bonneville's not the worst thing to have. But when you've got nine different versions of Tigers, those things are expensive. And that, you know, literally gets to the point where it's like, oh, man, it's the snowflake principle of like, oh, I got to have the bike that's just perfect for me. And that bites you in the ass because your manufacturer is going to make you take all these bikes. And one of the things Steve and I were talking about is like, we, we see the future where the bike will literally be made for you. They'll have the designs and everything like that. Yeah. And, but you know, most like the bulk of the bike, maybe the engine and drivetrain and frame will be pre-built, but all your body work and stuff will get printed for you. Yeah. And, or, you know, like, Oh, your brackets for your foot pegs and stuff. That'll all be custom to the rider. And Kawasaki's already doing that. That's right. On uh, what is it? Their Vulcan, the small Vulcan. Small Vulcans. Yeah. yeah. You can order the small Vulcan with about 18 different permutations. So when the bike gets to you, it's already been fit to you. You know, here's a, here's a question I have. It's been vulcanized. <laughs> How much do you think it would cost for a bike manufacturer down where the foot pegs mount? Because most of the places have like two holes where, you know, it goes in and holds the foot peg in or maybe one on occasion or something. Right. Why couldn't they put like oh, three different levels, like high, medium and low? It couldn't. Have you uh, have you seen the Superhawk? I'd like to introduce you to the Superhawk. Well, no. Yeah, great idea, actually, yeah. There's yeah. actually three different cogged holes. Yep. So you can put the foot peg in three different places. Yep. And you can rotate the foot peg in 360 degrees any way you want it in either of those three holes. Right. Yeah, that was cutting-edge technology in 1964. <laughs> but then they dropped it, and now you get stuck with these things, and you have to pay $200 for night engineering fucking lowered foot pegs, and all you back in the day, you burned it. Nick's holding one up its actual size. Night <laughs> <laughs> engineering stuff is fantastic, plus... The pegs are like three times bigger than a standard peg. Yeah, no, they're good. But it's expensive as shit, though. I mean, you're just... Yeah, those are adjustable. They can be an inch, like a... Um, you can adjust them up an inch or down an inch. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there and that exists in the world. So, like, the difference between buying the standard Moto Guzzi V7, and this is just me talking from my own personal background experience, the difference between buying the standard V7 Moto Guzzi and buying the V7 Cafe Racer is the V7 Cafe Racer, all the pegs, everything was fully adjustable. So you could have a size eight ballet slipper all the way up to a size 14 steel toe, and you could adjust that to fit your boot or your foot or your riding position. Otherwise, the standard V7, it was more like, well, this is what it is. It's, you know, it's stamped out of steel, and here's where it's going to be. Minor adjustments only. So. Cool. Yeah, so that's so it did look to me. So when I did see that release video or the secret snail, it did. Like I said, Bluetooth again, people say the word Bluetooth, and I start to fade out. Like when we were all standing in the Suzuki booth, and the guy was like, Well, it's got push button starting, you know, and we all kind of went, Big fucking deal, turn a key, press a button, man. I mean, so wait, now I don't have to turn the key, you know, who cares? But 
Like, I think you still have to turn a key and press the button. It's just how long you you don't have to hold the button. Exactly. So it'll take over for you on your own. But the strange thing about Bluetooth is we have now had some experience with different Bluetooth <coughs> systems on different bikes. And what it's funny is the thing is everyone comes in asking about like, do I have Bluetooth pairing available on this bike? What the fuck do you want to know? Like, are you looking for skid pad data on your Bonneville? It's not hooking to your sound system. It's not going to no. play your tunes or anything. No, it's not. And it's not also going to say, like, you know, um, trigger the left turn signal to answer your wife's text. No, that's not how it works. You know, it doesn't, you know, hit the right turn signal button to take a picture of you on your motorcycle and update it to Facebook. It doesn't do that. That's not what it does. You can't press another button and a display map like Batman's Batmobile comes up on the dashboard to tell you where you are and where the next Triumph dealership is. Vespa does that. And zero. Um, but and it, and it doesn't. I mean, it, it, it says it does, but it doesn't. We haven't been able to make one of them do it yet in America. But it is a funny thing that people ask about it, but then when they have it, they never fucking use it. So it's a. It's a I mean, it does make a lot of sense, though, on a zero, though, right? Because you can the, step into the bike and check your yeah. charging and stuff like that. and Actually, no. Yeah. I mean, I ride them all the time. Ask Steve if he ever plugs his fucking... Uh, do you ever plug your phone in and hook it up on the dashboard of your bike? Nope. No, me either. I, see, I ride. I don't use my phone at all when I ride. I mean, the only thing I use it for maybe is to listen to music yeah. sometimes. And that's when I'm not around anybody. But it's ridiculous. It's like most of the time I don't even want to have music because I like to ride. Yeah, I don't have, I don't take my phone and clip it to the handlebars and go, ooh, now I have seven more channels of information to look at. Because that's what Zero does. Like Zero through the app can give you seven or 12 more channels of information that you can decide what you want there. I mean, and, it's just silly when you see these guys yeah. flying down the highway, taking a selfie and posting it to Facebook. <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs> You got a problem with that? <laughs> Wait, are you talking about the Cleveland Moto? Like, cold ride to work today at 78 miles an hour. <laughs> the only thing I would like to see the Bluetooth connection is if it had, like, an like OBD2 diagnostic thing so that it, like, it has a diagnostic tool. So if your bike wasn't running right, you could pull it up and say, oh, okay, a number three solar is not firing correctly. Or if you, could actually, if you could actually tune your bike with it, you know what I mean? Like, oh, well, I can download this map and, and plug it right into my bike from my phone. That would be There so are cool. some funny things when it comes to the uh, when it comes to the zeros. It's pretty funny that. Uh, oh, my God, that's that is hilarious. My uh, my phone was just my phone was literally just recording me say everything that I just said there. Well, that's the one that was beeping. OK. Yeah, heard. So, so the zero have the uh, the the modes, right? I mean, you can you can probably select those from the phone, but you have it on your touchscreen or your old selector thingy on the. It's just the three or four options. I mean, why would you? The, the funny thing about the zeros is the the zero does actually give you um, the ability to fine tune it, and even weird things like if you take the incandescent light bulbs out of your turn signals and you put in LED light bulbs, there are things in the zero setup me um, menu that you can go in and tell your bike not to look for an incandescent bulb, but instead to look for a LED bulb. And so it'll change the flash rate and also prevent you from getting CAN bus error codes. And that's <laughs> built into some of the parameters inside a zero. That's actually kind of clever. 
Well, and that also, was, uh, one of the nice things about that Trident 660, since it was me being kind of targeted towards new riders, is it had a three, uh, three mode traction control, and but you could also turn it off. So once you get good at it, you know you can select rain mode to keep you safe and everything. But say you want to pull, the, and they they literally said if you want to pull the front wheel up, yeah. you could actually turn it off. Yep, exactly. So I think that's it. But I I wonder if the Bluetooth stuff. Um, I do know that some of the companies have they've incorporated a lot of things into the Bluetooth thing because it is very much it's just a, a thing that people can ask for. And I mean, we. Yeah, no. see it, I also read that they standardized their instrumentation across the line. Good. That's fantastic. I mean, that's one of those things that getting the same cluster on, if you've got nine Bonnevilles, they should all have the same cluster. And we've seen that in a lot of different manufacturers. You're like, okay, the bike that costs a hundred bucks less doesn't have a tack. It's just one single gauge. And it is silly. It's like, you know, just give all the bikes the same gauges, you know, but the, um, I actually would make the argument that it's silly that a lot more bikes don't come standard with a little bit of a sound system. I mean, a little <laughs> tiny 50 watt amp and a nice single mono neodymium speaker tuck somewhere up in the front of the bike and you could have, yeah. you know, you could have some tunes while you're riding. Yeah, but for seven bucks, you can go on eBay and get one of those cheap, like, you know, um, you know, intercoms. I don't use mine for an intercom. Yeah. I just have it to play music. It was seven bucks. Yeah. That's yeah. true. The, uh, an interesting thing about some of the motorcycles that we're seeing coming up in this year is many of the motorcycle companies aren't retuning or redesigning the engines to make more power and things like that, but they're really doing it to match uh, EPA standards and they're doing it to match as the European market changes their EPA standards. A lot of things are happening right now where companies are saying, okay, we're now going to have more bikes that conform to that as opposed to the three motors we had last year. Now we've got nine motors. And that's something that I did notice in the Triumph field is there's a lot more versions of Triumph motorcycles now. There's a lot more than just a two-cylinder, you know, 900 and a two-cylinder 1200, and then a 600 and a 1200 on top of that, uh, multi-cylinder bikes. So it is interesting to see that more companies are being aware of uh, what's needed in different markets. So for emission standards. Rewinding it just a second to talk about what John brought up a minute ago. Why don't motor... So pretty much any car that you buy now from like 2000 well even back to like 2008 to 9 whatever has the odb2 on it right right and for 30 bucks you can go online and get like a shitty little fucking thing you plug in there and it goes to your phone and you get software i mean it's not as good as like a two thousand dollar thing but it'll at least tell you what the hell the error code is it lets you reset it like you know all that kind of shit How come motorcycles haven't adapted something like that like why is there no sensor that you can just plug in and say oh my fuel injectors are fucked or my left turn signal is dying or whatever you know Yep. And what's funny is we were joking. We were like, even the zero SRF and the SRS, which are the most technologically advanced things that are designed to work Bluetooth through your laptop or through your app on They still have a freaking OBD2 port. So like, why did zero do that? They stuffed an OBD2 port on an electric motorcycle. And I have hooked up my Harbor Freight OBD2 scanner to that freaking port. And it does, it will send you P codes that you would expect to get out of your like 1996 Dodge van. And uh, if you have, if you have them, if you're throwing those particular codes, it'll shoot them out at you. Um, now, so is, is a zero CAN bus? 
Yes. Yeah. So they are, I mean, there's different things. Did you see that KTM now is offering a CAN bus um, sort of an accessory stick? Oh. Did you guys see about that? No, one, so I, I what KTM has done is they've admitted that their customers like to add shit to their motorcycles. Well, I thought they admitted that their motorcycles run like shit, so they needed to diagnose them all the time. <laughs> no, the whole idea was they literally make a stick, and that stick is there so you can plug it into the bike, and it will basically give you ports that you can feed in accessories that will now be part of a CAN bus stick, an actual uh, junction or a hub, if you will. Well, that's a good, that's actually a really good idea. It's a good idea. And it really is because what happens is as people want to add more shit to their motorcycles, but the manufacturer doesn't give you fun or compliant ways to add things in, well, you start fucking the system up. Um, we guys who work on motorcycles will know there'll always be that phone call you get or the guy that brings the bike in and says, well, it's really weird when I, um, go out on the road and I turn my turn signals on my speedometer turns on and turns off my, my speedometer little flashes on or flashes off while the turn signals on. And then it's like, well, what happened? That's a guy who's cut his factory turn signals off and put on LEDs. And what happens in a lot of the bikes is they will actually interpret that because the flash unit is not out in the back of the motorcycle. The flash unit is built into the freaking speedometer. And I think Mecklefresh, didn't you have to work on a couple of bikes that had that? That was a, what was it? The art, the, the one Vespa, the, the really nice, the XP nine or whatever. Yeah, the X nine. Yeah. The Vespa X nine. Yeah. And, um, 500 cc fuel injected, but the fucking speedometer tore the whole bike apart. Took all yeah. the body work off. Couldn't find a flash unit. There's got to be a flasher relay somewhere. Nope. <laughs> it was I mean, because the, the symptom was the right front turn signal was out and would not work. And it was like, well, how could this be? And it, it, we, you know, it narrowed it down to like it just goes into the the speedometer. You have to. We ended up having to change out the the cluster. Yeah. Oh yeah. What fixed it? The uh, and we found that now in a whole lot of motorcycles. So you're like, oh, well, I think, you know, something's fucked up. My turn signals don't work. It could be water got into the freaking speedometer. We've had Yamaha motorcycles or Kawasaki motorcycles where water got into the speedometer cluster and and roached out where the flash unit lives. And you, pull you, know, these what was, you know what was written on the back of that cluster? Sentech. <laughs> absolutely it was it literally it was. was it was a Sentec. absolutely and you look at that shit and you're like fuck and so now to fix a turn signal problem you've got a 900 hundred dollar cluster you know as opposed to a 16 dollar turn signal relay or a, or a nine dollar turn signal relay son of a bitch man but that's modern bikes so you, you got to watch out for that shit uh, Dan, what did you learn about the Honda CB350? Yeah, I had uh, my VPN set to some Indian and Japanese servers today, and um, uh, they sold. They introduced this bike in October yep. 2020. They sold 10,000 units in just in India in three months. 10,000 bikes inside of three months? Jesus Christ. Well that done. must be that's competing well with like the Bullet 350 or the you know the the Royal Enfield, and it's not cheap. 
I mean, there's, I, I've looked at the pricing on it. It's not like they're giving it the bike away. It's more expensive than the Royal Enfield 350. Yeah, it's like 5000 Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a cheap bike, and it looks fantastic. I mean, it really does. It, it's It's got, like, the spoke, the, the wheels have the right number of spokes. Like, it doesn't look like a shitty, cheap bike. Like, everything about it. Dan, Dan's got it in his background, and it does not look like a low-quality machine. I mean, it looks the business. Yep. It looks like a CB1100. Yeah. That's a single cylinder, right? Yep. Yeah, the big difference is that's a single cylinder. Yeah. So if you jump on that after coming off a of Royal Enfield that, you know, is signing off at five to 6,000 RPM, right. yeah. you get jump on that and you wick it up to 10 grand, you're probably like, whoo Yeah, it's going to be a good day out, I think. Uh, it's a real handsome bike. I would assume that we're going to be getting it here in America only out of the whole thing of, like, it has done well in its home market, so let's give it a shot in America. But I initially thought, no, I, I originally thought we weren't going to get it. We already have it. We might as well just send some over there and see what happens. Yeah, that's it. Although right now, I mean, just looking at motors, like I was looking at CB 500s and, and stuff like that. I mean, UCB 500, $3,500. I mean, yeah. like well under four grand, mm-hmm. with almost no miles on them. And there's plenty to choose from. Yeah. Yep. The, the beginner bike market right now is just, it's so on fire. It's so great you know and once again though it's like the japanese manufacturers have are the only are the ones who are actually putting bikes out there to get people riding again and you know maybe someday if sir harley survives 10 years from now those those people might migrate but i don't think they will because i think they're they're going to be once they bought a japanese bike and, and enjoyed that performance and reliability this the new crop isn't going to migrate to harley i don't think yeah but what is yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go, Steve. I was I was going to say that isn't there some stat that the first bike you ride is the brand you're loyal to? Like in in the majority of people, it's like the first bike you you have is the brand you're loyal to for like your life. I, I agree. Mean, something to that effect. Yep. I don't I don't doubt that at all. One hundred percent. But you and, know, you guys were talking about Harley. I did. You guys see the Indian just released six new models. And yeah. they redesigned everything. And I had, I hate to say it, but I don't know if you've seen them or not. Harley's got to work really hard because the Indian, I, I've never wanted that kind of a bike. And the Indians look good, man. Have you guys seen these things yet? Yeah, they do look good. Yeah, yeah. check these bad boys out. Let me get this sucker up here. Hold on. Look at this thing. So they have a whole bunch of new models. But even that, that's nice. And then that doesn't suck. Yeah. And- I hate bikes with bob tails. Yeah, but they, I mean, look at that. That's a nice looking bike. That's like what Harley should be doing, but they keep fucking up. So they have, look at that. They have six new bikes. Look at all the pictures. Look at this. That's a quality looking bike, man. Yeah, but put a real real rear fender on it. That's a good looking, like, I wouldn't mind staring over that. Look at that. From Harley. Mm, they, well, they, I think they all follow it in, you know, yeah. worship. Well, I mean, this is like this is like what a Harley should look like. To be honest with you, I don't know. Just all right. Anyways, yeah, so maybe- <laughs> yeah, we agree. <laughs> uh, I would say that I would, I mean, if I had to buy something, I prefer an Indian because I just think an Indian motor is going to be better than any Harley. The Indian's been cleaning Harley's clock in any of these stupid challenges, like the Bagger Challenge or anything like that, and I, I just think that, yeah, I'd rather have an Indian than a Harley any day. Have you? 
the one day that my buddy uh, uh, Mark wanted to go and check out bikes, like you know, big brand new bikes, we went out to Johnny K's Motorsports out in Alliance, and we went to their their giant mall store, and we were sitting on all the stuff. And I have to admit, there's one sales guy. I think we talked about him before. His name was Jesse James, cool guy. Um, he showed us around, and the Indians, when you sit on them, they're a quality fucking bike. Like their touring bike had electronic windshield, a full sound system already built into it. All the locks worked together. It had a universal thing on the key where you hit it and it would unlock your fucking baggage in the back. Like, I mean, it was, I mean, if you're paying $23,000 for a cruiser or 28, whatever the hell it was, and you're looking at the Harley, which is the same price, this came with like a thousand other things that the Harley doesn't come with at all. And did it have Bluetooth? <laughs> yeah, it did. No, it did. It, it did. It had a. It had a player. It had a Bluetooth player on it. It was a whole entertainment system. It was really cool. Yeah, and and that is. I mean, that's what it is, guys. I people are going to demand that, and people are going to get it, and it's going to and it's going to help sell bikes. That's fine. I think that I think that Indian has managed to tap into. It's a combination of having a good product that people like and trust and they go out and they do racing and they do performance and they do events like the one show that we went to was Indian 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 and we they do all that cool shit and at the same time though they know that there's enough people out there like that are just like fuck you Harley no more Harley I'm done with Harley so Indians like we'll take that you can come over here it's safe here we're still American you don't have to turn in your bandanas <laughs> and that's a, I think that's a big thing for for that is they are the safe alternative i mean i don't want to be a dick but it's one of those like well you know i'm still a biker i'm I, it's cool i'm still a biker i can still do this because it's an indian right i think yeah. steve's main goal for coming over here was to make me drink some brown liquor so i'm trying to indulge him a little yeah, bit. yeah i see a little tin cup going on back there yeah, there's gonna be a lot of brown liquoring in a little bit uh oh, liquor in the front poker in the rear his boss is going to be pissed if he gets fucked up tonight and doesn't show up on time. <laughs> <laughs> we I'm did a, a, I'll be starting. I'll be working the 12 to 8 shift tomorrow. Um, on Tuesday, we went and we, we got together with Steve and Fernando and we shot a Moto Stories with Monkey Phil and uh, Johnny McElfresh was our guest star. And <laughs> he drank so many Mai Tais. It was hilarious. Uh, we're, let's just say we're getting up at 5 a.m. to go to work because I had to go in. A, I went in early because I had a virtual doctor's appointment. That was something. That was really I, something. I drank one fifteenth of what you drank, and I had to get up at 6, and I didn't have a good morning. So I, I think I texted you. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like a, that's a good eye opener is, you know, get into work, get checked in real quick, and then like, okay, let's. You know, let's get at her and uh, go out and start pulling sludge. <laughs> the, guys, better, let's the, guys get took, the guys took care of them, though. They did. Ask them. They did. What did they get you? Uh, I well, that, I got a snoogle. I don't know if anybody's had a snoogle yet. What the fuck's a snoodle? A snoogle. S n o o g l e. Okay. Comes from a bakery in Amherst. It is a long, thin, like puff pastry. Okay. Inside is a thin layer of cream of cheesecakey kind of okay. filling, and then drizzled with it's glazed and it's this long skinny thing. You want to cut it in half and start from the middle and work your way that oh, way. Oh, that's cool. We had this discussion two years ago about yeah. snoogles, and I was going to say we talked about snoogles before, right? I finally had a snoogle, and I'm glad Nick bought those. It made up for a lot. 
Yeah, he was under the weather, so we tend to, if anybody comes in wasted, we'll usually go out to get breakfast <laughs> or go get donuts or snoodles or whatever. So nice. He hasn't experienced the, uh, uh, the, the mate, the, what the hell do they call it? Those, uh, fried pork things that we get for breakfast. They're like, uh, country fried chicken or country fried steak. What do they call them? They're chicken like steak. Like a schnitzel. Yeah. Wow. I just, I just know that after filming that whole night, I'm going to have to like move the episodes around because it'll be like, wow. John is so on point. The knowledge he is expounding is amazing. And then if I bring in like the eighth story second, <laughs> it's going to be good. I just remember I drove home and I was this like, this is how zoom works. <laughs> I was driving home and I'm like, man, my car really accelerates nicely. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about that the next day i'm like really that's what that wasn't a good idea drag racing by himself got busted in lake <laughs> i really couldn't help it though because that my tie mix from trader vicks that you have yeah. was the fucking licious and it was yeah. some good rum and i was i mean like i was sipping the first one and trying to pump the brakes and I'm like, I'm almost finished, and Phil hasn't even touched it. Come on. And then I'm like, and then you're like, you want another one? I'm like, yeah, I do. And then, then another one, and another one. And, and it just got to the point where I was pouring you another Mai Tai every time we'd cut. So every time we'd cut, your glass would be empty, and I'd be like, okay, well, we'd go back. And I was starting to dial them back because the rum, you know, the rum is 100 proof rum. So what I was doing was I was making them Cadillac style, which would be to sneak in some, you know, orange yeah, liqueur. I, I knew you were doing that, but I was like, I probably need So I, would, I was cutting the rum in half and I was adding in orange liqueur because it's, it's at 40%, you know? So like, I was yeah. like, well, every bit of orange liqueur in there is rum that's not at the house, you know? It's not in the party. So I was cutting your drinks with other drinks. And uh, it was pretty funny though, because it was like, it got to the point where I was like, wow, we are really having good video here. This is <laughs> really good video. <laughs> hey, uh, does anybody want to own a motorcycle that has 200 horsepower and weighs less than 200 pounds? No. I can't even imagine that. Uh, I want to borrow one. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, there we go. Look at Yeah. I thought you are talking about the passport. Yeah, oh, that's, that's a two-stroke. Oh, look, it's my bike. Yeah, look. that's a that's a two-stroke. That's a two-stroke four-cylinder. What is the bottom right here? Yeah. Yeah, the one that's, it doesn't weigh nothing. No. It says John on it right there. I would be shocked if it had more than one throttle cable. I think they took everything out. I think there's helium in the tires. Look at that thing, man. Yeah. And there's no reserve. Yeah. <laughs> you can get it. Chris, there's no reserve. When you run out of gas on that thing, you're just out of gas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Carbon fiber, everything. Look yeah. That's it. Yeah. Is that like a composite brake disc? Yeah. Yeah, it sure is. Fiber, swing arm, and everything, man. No, that thing's just that thing's just made out of angel tears. Yeah, yep. Like it, you. There's no uh, hitting a bump or anything on this thing. But no, no, that's nineteen. That is that is absolute cutting edge of technology in 1993. Yeah, that was that was yeah. amazing. But can you imagine that? Like now, when you think back, I did. I never really saw the specs before. So now yeah. you think back to MotoGP. These dudes were riding 200 horsepower sub 200 pound bikes. 
with no electronic assistance whatsoever, uh-uh. with no safety measures whatsoever. But here's the thing. If you want to know what that resulted in, that's why Kajiva ended up being owned by Aprilia, which ended up being owned by Piaggio, right? It's like, that's what murdered all those smaller Italian companies or European companies. It was that, broke them. Yeah, it did. It broke them. They had this addiction to racing and they kept putting, you know, racing into a, a, a needle and shooting it in their arm and they all lost their ass. And then there were companies later on that sold mopeds that had money that could afford to buy them all. You know, think about, think about Indian, the original iteration of Indian. Yep. They put all their money into the inline fours. Right. And that took them out of the, because of the economy and whatever that, that put them out of business. So while the, uh, so what Honda's selling bikes, you, I wouldn't call the monkey a race bike, but yet they're selling a gajillion of them. I wouldn't call the Grom a race bike. They're selling a gajillion of them. Bikes that people can actually ride and enjoy and afford. And, um, oh, by the way, the action, so if you're not on Twitch, the action on Twitch right now is which one of us is going to fall asleep first? Not me. <laughs> we have a buddy system going on here. Yeah. The action on Twitch, if you're not following on Twitch, if you don't know what the Twitch feed is, there's comments. People are commenting on the Twitcher. And right now, everybody's saying it's it's either going to be Chris Smith or going to be one of the GSGs. Mm. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going down tonight. Grumpy sewer anyway. guy and grumpy cool. <laughs> Grumpy sewer guy and chunky sewer guy. So while they get while these guys were out filming the Moto Stories thing at the shop, they got to see that the mothership has landed and delivered six baby SSRs. Yes. So we now have at the shop you know from you know from my mouth to god's ears we have six brand new in the crate ssr 125s right behind me there you know that's it and um anybody who was out at steve's uh anybody who's out at steve's house barn burning uh felony uh will know that we like we like this bike <laughs> so i heard uh, that uh, i heard that grumpy store guy rode the ssr 125 to work one day he did, yeah. Which is exactly what a quarter mile from his driveway. But they couldn't tell it was uh, a mini bike because all it is now is a handlebar with a block of mud. <laughs> <laughs> It'll kind of stick out from underneath the mud. So <laughs> it's it all frozen, and now it's frozen mud. Now it's frozen mud. <laughs> yeah. So we got we. I did. I went ahead and I ordered a whole. I ordered the whole flotilla of them. So the podcast listeners know, um, you guys it's who so are cute, there's a six pack. It's like a, it's one, like just six pack of bikes. It is li- for anybody. It literally is a cube. It looks like a Rubik's cube. It's a Rubik's cube, except for it's six feet tall. So it's a six foot tall Rubik's cube that is impot. Like, if you think about it, you're like, these crates are too small. And that's because you have to build these bikes. They don't come pre-built. And so I had an idea. Uh, the I think you'll be able to get them all prepped for us. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I do that, John? <laughs> honor to honor your purchase of these pit bikes for our amazing little thing that we're going to come up with. I went on to Mecklefresh's uh, Facebook page and I pulled a picture off and I made us a logo. 
Oh, I oh, saw that. It. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Very nice. Very that's nice. John's high school picture. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually, that was Chris Smith's first motorcycle. Uh, <laughs> it, it was the first bike to have round wheels. <laughs> the, uh, oh, how's how's the, the the seat on the bike? It looks a little bit like a trials bike, like a like a thinner, smaller kind of. Or is it? Yeah, there it is. So I can't lie. I've already given some thought to how I would want to customize the seat for myself. So, I know that we do. Is it narrow or is it? Oh, I know yeah, that there's a couple tractor, like those garden tractors sitting out front of Steve's property. I feel like <laughs> one if I could tear, tear one of those off and stab it on there, that might be good. I think we should make one a fat cat. Yeah. Okay. Like That's a good idea. Wide tires on it. No, we'll just put 100 pounds in the tires and let them stretch out. <laughs> That's true, too. Okay. How about this for an idea? Since we have the ability now to shoot video on things and, and make that happen, I have an idea. I have an idea that we will assemble, Avengers will assemble at Cleveland Moto. And each one of you will have to build a bike. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, I'm in. Too. I'm in. That's going to be a blast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in. It's yeah. going to be a race. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> so here's the way we're going to do it. I had this idea that I would take, um, I will make six kits. I will prepare six individual kits of the tools that you will need to build these bikes. We need to come with our own toolkit that has everything you need. <laughs> no dice, man. But I've got I enough. Better. You get the one, one, one key in the bad fucking screwdriver. You literally get all at it. <laughs> fucking Ikea style. Ikea style. You literally get one uh, head wrench in the world's worst Phillips head screwdriver. Medium. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. You are bringing those. And and Dan's not kidding. Just bring in your Bosch kit because Ooh. I build these things. I'm not going to compete. I'll, I'll be the cameraman because I have built like 25 of these. So I kind of got a little bit figured out. But what we're going to do, there you go. See? Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> bring that in. Now, here's the rule. You can bring in any tools you want to bring in. You want to bring in your DeWalt, Milfucky, Makita, whatever you got. You can bring it in. I don't care. If you want to bring in a tool I need. I've always been a bit of a tool. And, and he is a tool. Yeah. And if you want to bring whatever you got in, yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> these are all tools. <laughs> these are all great tools that you've got by simply being a part of this podcast. <laughs> can I can I bring in a ringer to do it for me? You're gonna bring in a ringer, right? <laughs> <laughs> I got dibs on uh, Steve Noble. Yeah. <laughs> what about partners? Can we get partners in crime that nope. no, no, no Chris no. Smith is gonna bring in his wife and have her build it. <laughs> she'll have to read she'll read the instructions 17 times and still call three of us. <laughs> so i thought it'd be fun though if we set it up and what we'll do is to be safe right because i've got a big shop so to be safe we'll set people up with with distance right we'll have people away from each other and then i'll take the camera and i'll go visit you know each pit you know each pit as you're building your pit bike but then the goal is going to be can you get your bike built 
and we'll have gas cans standing by, get the gas in it and take it for a ride uh, down the street and back. And if you can make it down the street and back on your bike that you built, whatever it is, you know, and uh, I'll come up with some kind of stupid prizes. So um, we'll do that. But I thought it'd be fun. You know, got to have like to- negative points if anything falls off. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's going to be all kinds of punishments. I figure we'll have three awards and three punishments. Yeah. <laughs> if, you know what? If, if there's a punishment, you might have to smell something that the GSGs bring in. You know? oh, if you don't do it right, you're going to take it apart and do it again. Exactly. Yep. Um, but I thought it'd be fun. And it's, it's, if nothing else, you will know the way these bikes get put together and you'll understand. I mean, we've done a bunch of them at the shop. Should make it like so. cutthroat kitchen. Close yes. Okay. Like, like there's things that you could like buy to like sabotage other guys. So give them like a Fisher price. <laughs> <rent set. laughs> you know, like, so they have to assemble it with a Fisher price thing or, or like, <laughs> or, like duct tape their hand into a one hand into a fist. The only thing I got to do to fuck <laughs> this guy up is just throw a handful of extra nuts and bolts beside the bike when he's about halfway through. <laughs> like, wait, wait, these must go somewhere. I got it. I, I got the greatest addition to I have the greatest addition to this whole thing. Yeah. Every 15 minutes we have to do a shot. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> that's a really good idea. Steve's going to use anti-seize. I'm going to use Loctite. Which bike do you want to ride? Exactly. <laughs> well, and every five minutes, you move to the next person's bike. Well, and and, and it is a legit and it is a legit thing. Yeah. Because we're all going to ride these bikes. So this isn't like working at the factory in China where the problem is. The problem gets detected 4,000 miles away. This is working for the bike you're going to ride, you know? So this is a, this is a big deal. And so I thought about it and it is more fun because actually these bikes do, I mean, you guys saw me riding them around. These bikes are pretty freaking well engineered and they're well thought out. Steve, you're missing your passenger pegs. Come on. (laughs) So maybe I we can have like, like whoever finishes first can pick which but whose bike they want to run. Right. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> one and whoever finishes last gets to modify seat with the holder, which yeah. means that there's oh. a- <laughs> <laughs> But I, I do think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, out. <laughs> I've been I've done enough of them at the shop where I I've got my time I know where my time is on it but I've also I've also learned all the tricks I've learned the trap like where you think it's going to go this way and it really doesn't Bill's not allowed to talk to you nope. he's just going to have an airsoft gun and if you do something wrong he's going to shoot you with it <laughs> he's going to have one of those air horns <laughs> he's going to only berate you <laughs> there will only be negative reinforcement <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I thought that'd be a fun thing. We'll shoot it. We'll 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 shoot video on it. It'll be a blast, and um, we'll just we'll just and it'll be fun because it is like building a one to one full size real life model kit. You know, um, I just like to right now propose a, a team effort with me and Nick because I'm not so good anymore. But I know Nick's good. So I figure if I could ride his coattails across the finish line. I'll get a close second. We we have enough bikes that everybody can build one. 
that's I want it. the chat thing. I, I demand that we do a shot every five minutes. Yeah, oh. that's that's gonna add to it. Yeah. Uh, wow. Every five, <laughs> you're gonna have to buy like 15 gallons of fucking alcohol. <laughs> the other thing would would be that I could. I All could right, actually, I put one bolt in. I want my shot. <laughs> there might be some of us who don't even build. We'll just be like holding the glass. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you guys. Crump you now have an advantage then. <laughs> getting the bike out of the crate. Getting the bike outside of the crate. Like literally getting the bike out of the crate is more work than you can imagine. It. <laughs> like I was thinking about getting all the bikes out of the crates and getting them ready. Yeah. Fuck no. No, 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 no. You get the bike in the cardboard. Like there's cardboard, there's metal. It's it's the whole experience. So it'll be great. Yeah. Mm, maybe I'll bring my welder and break, you know weld up a sissy bar while I'm at it. While you're at it, just tack on a quick sissy bar. <laughs> make it out of the crate. Yeah. Make oh, yeah. Yeah. Your daughter is literally green screen compliant. Yeah. This is all, <laughs> I had no idea she was doing this, by She's the way. She's a disembodied head. <laughs> Wait. She's a floating head. <laughs> <laughs> That's the floating head. This is what I thought that'd be fun. We could, you know. That's what I felt like after uh, Moto Stories on Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good time and learn something and build motorcycles in the process. (laughs) 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 For our loyal people that listen or watch the thing, Moto Stories has never ended with the NPR theme song before. But now that John visited in, every time I would say ride fast and ch- take chances, John would just light up. It's like Pavlov's dog. You guys were both like, all right, ride fast and take chances. John was like, bom, bom. he didn't have any control over his whole body. It was just happening. Okay. <laughs> is, is Twitch giving odds yet on who's going to finish first? Yeah. Oh, not yet. No. Oh, not yet. Out there on Twitch, who do you think is going to win this contest? And give oh, that's a good one, yeah. Give us odds. (laughs) I like, oh, well, so Dan, so uh, Vulcan Dan from Cincinnati, he was like, well, obviously Mexicana 400, you know, (laughs) once you build the bike, you got to take it on a Mexicana. (laughs) So a few of us that are here, Oscar and I, for sure. Oh, a loaded burrito. Yeah. And we've done the Mexicana. And yes, that's exactly what these bikes were built for. Ah. These bikes are Mexicana ringer bikes. Uh, Steve's out. He's on a keto diet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, you know what we could do too is ride him to the plant and we could do a rollerball in the EQ basin. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, no. The, uh, they all go in. Some don't come out. Some don't come back out. Yeah, I think it'll be, I, I honestly think it'll be a load of fun. We'll just, we'll just have a blast with it. It'll be super cool. Yep. Um, so on a different note entirely uh this is uh chris smith brought up a great topic and the great topic was tires and i told chris a little secret about tires he wanted to get some tires for that crazy moto guzzi 1400 california uh that he bought and because what's the what's the deal on that bike chris it's just it's just the tires are kind of old right yeah there's they're seven years old so they're seven years old and how many miles are on the bike uh, 14 miles. They're only seven years old. <laughs> 14. 
They're only oh. seven years old. I wish exactly. I had tires that were only seven years old. They're only seventeen. They're only seven years old. Keep riding. Buy yeah, I the original tires on my one seventy five, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know what? I'll I'll put new tires on. You guys can have the old ones. I don't care. There you go. <laughs> so um, I think there's sixty eight hundred miles on it. Yeah, and so this is a big deal. So um, every year around this time. Uh, we we know because we've been doing it for a long, long time that the tire manufacturers and everyone else will tend to put out their their official springtime. Let's get your money before anybody else gets your money advertisements on discounted tires and things like that. And in his in historically in the motorcycle shop thing, Dunlop, Continental and Michelin have just always been slugging at each other constantly on who's going to steal your money to get you to buy their tire. And every year they come up with different promos. And it's very funny that this year something's going wrong. Something's going differently this year because by this time, normally we've gotten some kind of crazy promotion from Continental. We've had some kind of crazy promotion from Michelin and some kind of crazy promotion from Dunlop. Is it, it is it uh, buy two and get the third one free? Something like that, exactly, and and not that obtuse, but not far from it. So the the way uh, Dunlop's doing it this year, Dunlop's doing it buy any three tires and get a twenty dollar rebate for each tire, and then if you have the tires put on professionally, get a twenty dollar rebate on that. So you can get sixty bucks off your tires, uh, which is pretty awesome. Now. Here's the crazy thing. Continental and Michelin have not done any of these programs this year. So we normally by this time have seen multiple manufacturers programs coming out on tires and it fucking hasn't happened this year. And that leads us to some question as like, well, what what happened in COVID to create this lack of a marketing emergency in the tire market? I think what happened is I think last year people bought motorcycles and I think last year people spent money on motorcycles and I don't think there's any tires left over. And we've noticed that trying to order tires, we've noticed trying to order motorcycles and we've noticed trying to order scooters. It's not like there's a lot of anything left over to have to discount. So right now, the only company that we deal with on the regular is Dunlop. And because we're our shop is a Dunlop pro dealer, there are some pretty really like some good incentives to buy Dunlop tires. Now, here's the weird thing. I am going to go out and pimp for Dunlop right now because a good portion of Dunlop's tires are made in Buffalo, New York. Really? So that is saying something. Other motorcycle tires that you can buy at your local dealership can't say that they are actually made in the United States. They're not made in America. And Dunlop does. And that's a big deal. So um, for people who do want to have some control over where their money goes, it is nice that those tires are made in the States. For me, it's nice that the tires are very reasonably priced. And I mean, when I say competitively priced, what I mean is they're not expensive compared to other tires that are made in China. And it's shocking that the price on an American-made tire can be competitive with a tire that's made somewhere where the prevailing wage of the person making it is like less than a buck an hour. 
I like Dunlop tires too. I mean, I've never had a problem with one. Yeah. Should knock on wood because I have well, and on my bikes, but I mean, I usually wear Metzlers, Dunlops, or Connies. So I there mean, were a few years back 15 20 years ago where dunlop didn't have a great reputation and that has changed dunlop is doing amazing stuff with tires right now so that is something that um you might want to look at and they've worked really really hard to make sure that their prices are i don't care if you raise your hand and say i'm only going to have this tire on the back of my bike for four thousand miles because i'm a monster so i'm going to buy a shinko well <laughs> guess what the dunlop costs the same as the shinko and the Dunlop's going to last you 8,000 miles or 10,000 miles. So it's a very, very interesting time right now in the tire game. What I wanted people to look at, because I thought it was super fun and super interesting, is Dunlop has had a tire called the Trail Max Mission, M-I-S-S, like mission, like going out on a mission. And Dunlop has had this tire called the Trail Max Mission now for going on its second year. And that tire is insane. It's made in America, first of all. It's for all of those, whether you have a Honda 500, you know, a CB500X, or you have a BMW GS, this mission has been tested by everybody, and they like it. And oh, it's, what, what, what kind of tread is it? Is it like a... It's an enduro tire. It's what they call a 50-50. A 50-50? So it's a 50-50. Oh, no. It's a 50-50 tire. And they are incredibly, incredibly good. Both of them? 220 for the combo? That's well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remind you about something right now. You're on motorsport.com. Right. And in order for them to give you that price on that tire, you have to do what's called price reflects selected options which means there's going to have to be like, that ain't going to be the price for everybody. You're going to have to do some certain things. Like if you want to have a tire, like, oh, scroll down. Yeah, if you want to have a 110 by 80, you're going to add 54 bucks. If you want a 120 by 70, which is what everybody uses, you're going to need to add 65 bucks. So this is a bait and switch thing. These internet guys that sell tires, oh, 220. So like, you know, Hunter Joe goes out there and says, well, I don't know. I can get that thing online for two twenty. I was like, yeah, if you've got a Fruit Loop size that nobody else has ever used, right? Right. If you have the one oddball size that they have ten of them left over in the warehouse, but if you want it in a size that comes on any normal motorcycle, yeah, it's going to cost you the real price. But yeah, you can still pick up a pair of these for around three hundred bucks. I don't like these tires. Well, you know why I don't like these tires? Why? Because I don't like anything that has those diagonal angles like that. Right. Yeah. When you take those in something muddy, they tend to throw you one way or the other. Yeah. I like a square block trip pattern because it, it keeps it it has the it keeps you from sliding sideways. Like a regular knobby? At least you want to have at least one center like a couple center channels that are that help, you know, like so if you're on off camber, your ass end doesn't just slip out from under or your front end doesn't slip out. Right. They, they might be great on the street or, or gravel and stuff like that, but anything really slippery with that type of tire, it, it scares me. That's all I'm saying. Right. They probably are great tires. I've never ridden on them or anything. but So these tires intentionally um, changed the way that Dunlop builds dual-purpose tires. Because what you're talking about, John, is that big block technology like you'd see on a TKC80 
or yeah. like in a Dunlop, what I, m- one of my favorite tires in the world is a D606. Yeah. And a D six oh six is like what comes on the military KLR six fifties, you know? I think that picture did it some disrepresentation because check this out. This is actually on a bike and it looks way different. Check it out. Look at yeah. it. Look, it's not it's as weird. Yeah. The fronts, the fronts were different than the rear. Fronts right? are different than the backs because the fronts are symmetrical and the backs look like they were ace almost ace. Correct. Dunlop did something strange and they admitted that front tires and back tires do different jobs. Yeah, look. Mm. Yep. So what's really funny about these is they've tested these and they actually last. They actually survive. They don't just disintegrate. But what's crazy is they actually have a side tread. So when you're in the mud and every other tire I've ever had that's been a dual sport tire, once the mud is mud and, you know, the mud's like creme brulee, that tire's just spinning because the blocks all fill up with mud. Well, these things have what are called this aggressive sidewall, and the sidewall actually grabs the mud on the side of the trench. And that's what is the difference between a street tire and a dirt tire to me, is when I get into something sloppy, I need to be able to get through it. And these tires are designed to do that. How does that, on pavement, though, when you're quartering, right? are you going to feel that? or Read the reviews. So people who are better riders than me have dived these things into corners and said that they were shocked that they did not crash. Um, So take a look at this tire because this is something you guys know I'm completely Camaro for the TKC 80, but I think I'm going to be trying these. Um, One, they cost about $130 less a set than a set of TKC 80s. Two, they're made in America. And every review I've read on these things say that unlike the TKC 80s, I'm going to get some real miles out of this. So if you uh, want to order a set for my Africa twin right now, I will buy them. And that's and that. Thank you for bringing that up because it is as though Honda designed this. Or I'm sorry, Dunlop designed this bike for the Africa twin. Hold on, Steve. Look at wait. Read this one right, yeah. there. right there. Read that. Can't read yep. it. It's too small. It yep. says the bottom line is the Dunlop Trail Max Mission an actual 50-50 tire just right. as good on asphalt as they are in the dirt. Right. Unfortunately, no. Partly because they are so good on the street that they right. have to perform like a full-on dot knobby tire to exactly. equal dirt. Yep. So yeah, that's that's pretty good, man. That's pretty great. That's pretty high praise. Um, that is pretty high praise. And I have ridden a lot of street tires in the dirt, and I've ridden a lot of tires from expensive companies on Triumph Tigers and on big heavy bikes, where these things got in the dirt and they just gave it up. You know, I, I feel fairly confident that the Africa Twins not going to be going through a sippy hole. <laughs> yeah, no, but, the, but the biggest thing is the tires, the factory tires on that twin stuck. Right. And yeah. I mean, and I had a set of the, I had a set of the Carews, and I had a set of Carews on that Triumph, and it they were awful, and I just couldn't get like anything that was muddy or sloppy. They just didn't work it. Well, I wonder how they are compared to the Tractionator GPSs because the right. Tractionator GPSs I had on my Super T and they were pretty good. I but I think those Tractionator GPSs don't aren't they known for a bit of a short lifespan? No, the opposite. They're oh, good the, oh no, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. That is the hard the hard tire. Yeah, but yeah. if you get the the traction the Tractionator GPS, the rear tire it, you can kind of tell it what you want to do. Right. So if you're going to do mostly street, you orientate it one way. 
And right. if you do actual 50-50 dirt riding, you flip the back around. Okay. Digs in more. But, like, I had it to more of the street orientation. But me and Mike got into some slop and some other shit, you know, out places. Even me and Dan, we hit, well, Dan, you were on slicks, basically, but you still rode it fine. But <laughs> we, hit, we hit some fucking gravel, and those tires were good. So I wonder how they compare to that, I wonder. Right. And I've had bad, bad luck with trail wings. And I know Johnny Mecklefresh has had bad luck with trail wings, too. That we were just complete. We did not like that tire, that Bridgestone DOT. I don't even want to call it an eighty twenty because it just was terrible. Off I forget what they call them. They call them kill wings or something like yeah, that. Yeah, death wings. Yeah, death wings. Or I didn't like, like them at all, and that's a Bridgestone tire. And man, I didn't care for it one bit. I never liked them. Those and the Kendas too, the like the Kendas that I have on the KLR right okay. now. No, I'm not doing that anymore. I had I put the Kendas on the one scrambler and that thing just wanted to kill me. So I I'm done with those. I'm 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 over that. But do they come on, on a ten inch with a white wall? Yeah. <laughs> so we were looking through the Dunlop catalog, and because there's what's called mini moto racing, there's so much mini moto racing that they do a lot of their flat tracker tires. They do them in a ten inch. Yeah. You from monkey. Oh, when so I have the catalog at the shop and stuff like that. But so what they've done is because Mini Moto has become so popular, they're offering these tires and a lot of ten inch. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, this is going to be really cool. And John will tell you, like a proper flat track tire pattern, like the traditional flat track tire pattern, is cool. But imagine it in a ten inch. So like you could take a little pit bike and put proper dirt track tires, flat track tires on. The, the flat track tires are like a vintage old school. You know, they have that little, the little, the little squiggles all yeah. over them. It's really cool. I have an idea for yeah. if there is another mid Ohio or anything like that, where there's going to be a parking well, lot. There's going to be something. If there's no real mid Ohio, there's going to be a mid Oberlin. No, that's fine. <laughs> but I'm saying like, for like, if, if the big manufacturers listen to this, which obviously they don't, but if they did, why doesn't like somebody like Honda or Yamaha or somebody bring like 10 whatevers, 10 MTO 10s, 10 whatever, and then get like 10 different tire manufacturers and slap different tires on the bike so you can take the same bike out and ride it and feel what the different tires feel like around the thing. Because like, you know, when you buy tires, you're always kind of taking a chance. You're like, are these going to be good? Or are they going to be bad? I'm taking the word of some dude on the internet. I don't know. How do they feel? You know, and everybody has different opinions on how different things feel. Yeah, I mean, by the time you figure out a tire sucks, you've already bought the farm. Right. Yeah, you're yeah. into it 300 bucks, and then you're like, fuck, these suck. Well, I got to ride these. So my bike is going to suck for the next year plus. Exactly. You like my mother-in-law and buy a steak and say it's tough and take it back and say, man, I want a new one. <laughs> but it's a pile of shit. <laughs> I will tell you, if I would not have bought those Kendas on closeout, I bought those Kendas on closeout because they were cheap and they looked the business. They looked so cool and they did look cool. And as a, on a scrambler, you know, the big wedge shaped knobbies and stuff, they looked great and riding them around in the dirt. They were okay. They were pretty good in the dirt on a 380 pound bike. They'd hook up real nice, spray dirt everywhere. You could pull a wheelie on the dirt. No problem. I got them on the road and driving them to work on even a slight, like an on-ramp all of a sudden the, the bike's just gone. Like the, the back end's trying to pass the front end. They just want to turn you around. What the fuck is going on? At first I was like, well, okay, maybe the tires are kind of old. I got them cheap. Maybe they're 
you know, three or four years old and they're just dried out or whatever, or maybe they're, maybe they're just glazed from the mold release agent. So I took them out and I, I lit them up and, you know, smoked the tire left and right and got it all nice and warm and it was still garbage. So I, sorry, go ahead, man. My biggest beef with the Africa twin is it's got no lateral stability. I mean, so if you're on a crown road, yep. And there's like powder on the road or any type of mud, it'll slide down the crown. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to hold it. You almost have to, it's almost like flying a plane crab. You have to like crab the bike in order for it not to slide, like slip off the crown. Yeah. So, or ride right on top of the crown so it doesn't go there. So I'm hoping that those Dunlops will solve that problem because I, I mean, if they have that grip on the side, so that may, and and also because they're facing opposite directions, maybe it'll offset the pressure on like on both sides so that it won't pull the one, like slide one way or the other. So yep. um, that's always been, and that's been the problem. You know, yeah, if you want to, if you want a bike that's going to be great in the dirt and be a freaking tractor tire in the dirt, you get a Dunlop D606 and you go and it is street legal but only fucking barely street legal. Like, I don't even know how they can call that tire street legal. It's a fierce tire that is completely unreliable on the road. Um, it's, it's almost dangerous, but it's really good in the dirt. <laughs> you know, it's such a good tire in the dirt. That's <laughs> one of those things. It's like, I love them. I put them on all my bikes that, that will go off road. But I also know that if I'm going to be riding anywhere near the road on those things, I have got to go super slow and chill the fuck out. You need to uh, say, I put that shit on all my bikes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's TKC eighties. You'd, you'd be surprised though, how good a really a brand new sticky knobby mm -hmm. goes on the road. They're great. That's not the problem. It's that they you you burn them off too quick. Well, I was gonna say they go great for a week and a half. Yeah. And after a week and a half, they're croisoned. You know, they're they're heat centered, and they've got all the rough edges knocked off of them. And you know, after you get a, a six oh six and you just drive it on the street, after a you know a couple of weeks, that thing's garbage. So Nokia, uh, not that they make tires for motorcycles, but they make uh, snow, these new snow tires mm -hmm. with us. Uh, studs that are like a pivoting stud so that they actually push out of the, t like they push in and out of the tire. So if you're on the hard without any snow and they don't need grip, then they kind of stay in the tire. But when you, when you need them, the tire flexes and the, the studs actually push out of the tire. So they're like soft studs. That's crazy. So I That's think insane. it's a pretty interesting design. Yeah. And maybe something like that could make its way to motorcycles at some point. Yeah, I, or like for I mean for a block I mean like maybe yeah. the blocks could be like designed so that when you're in a soft area that the you know like this the the edge so you don't lose the edge on the road. That's right, and it is true that you guys got to be careful because when you buy a motorcycle brand new, the manufacturer may have worked out a little deal. The motorcycle manufacturer may have worked out a little deal with the tire manufacturer so they could be able to put, you know, Continentals on every bike they sell or Michelins on every bike they sell. And it may be like that Black Friday Walmart big screen TV where it's a special model number for just Black Friday at Walmart. Right. And it may not have all the best features or the rubber may be thinner. 
You know, it may not have the thickness to it or it may not have the same support. It may be literally that oddball model number that is just as an OEM tire. It's only available as a tire that gets put on the Fling Poo, you know, 650. And it's just and you're like, oh, I got this bike and, you know, I rode the bike for twenty five hundred and I burned the tire up already. Therefore, all Continentals are garbage. No, your bike may have come from the factory with Continental's cheapomatic trail attack or whatever, like the one that they only sell to insert name of motorcycle manufacturer here. Instead of that tire being a $200 or $300 tire, it's a $60 tire when you buy 20,000 of them. Well, look and at they, that CB350. Yeah. They sold 10,000 sets of tires in three months. Yeah, exactly. So the manufacturer would be foolish to give you the full 100% full force one-to-one scale tire when they could give you a 60% tire and nobody be in the nobody ever go in the dealership and say, well, you know, I was going to buy this CB350, but then I looked at the tire and I realized the tread depth was one blonde, one shallower, and the rubber composition was harder than the tire that has the same name with the letter P taken off of it, you know? So there's all kinds of trickery in the world of tires. Don't be fooled by that kind of shit. The tires that come on your bike, take a look at it. We have seen tires that said like, I don't want to give, I don't want to blow anybody out of the water here, but like, you know, BT801R or BT801T or bt 801 and we're like, what the fuck is that? I can't even find it in the catalog. No, that's a tire that they made just to put on the EX500 because they made 93 million of them. So every time you do EX500, if you were building a bike, why wouldn't you just throw like the, the stickiest tire? Well, I don't care how long it lasts, but that first set of tires, the first time you ride that bike, it's going to have these really sticky tires, but they're not going to last five miles. Last. Right. And then you're going to have to come back to the dealership and get a new set. Yeah. yeah but they probably cost more. A sticky tire probably costs more money because the high silicon compound and everything. So, I mean, they're not going to exactly right. give you some rock hard bullshit tire, just like Toyota. Toyota right. puts the shittiest tires on their cars. They burn out in like 20,000 miles. You're like, burn out in like 20,000 miles. You're like, I can. Wait, was I hearing myself? You were. <laughs> you were. I don't know how that happened, but it did happen. I don't know how that happened. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Somebody's getting a whole lot of lag. The, uh, Somebody's getting a whole lot of lag. Oh, oh my. It's probably uh, Johnny Mac put his phone on. Johnny Mac put his phone on. Ooh. Ooh. No, it's not. It's not. Well, once they figure it out, the, on the poll uh, for who they thought that they were, was going to win for building the bike faster, and Johnny Mac got the most votes. So, um, safe bet right there. Yeah. We're going to handicap Mac. Yeah, <laughs> oh, there double shots every five minutes. Double boom. I'm just going to have a pitcher full of my ties. <laughs> we'll just. <laughs> All right, that probably would do it. By the time we get rolling, he'll be rolling. So it'll be great. <laughs> it'll be big fun. 
So the uh, sleepy, how are you, by the way? Because sleepy came into our shop the other night and he made it six steps into the door and both of his feet went over his head. Yeah. I scorpion hard, man. Yeah, you did. Oh, no. Unfortunately, oh, I'm fat. And so everything aligned itself and I just slammed down flat. And you I did go flat. It was flat. There was no pain. But I just, I heard this thunk and he goes, that hurt. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, sweet, I'm paid. And then I'm like, fuck, I'm in Phil's shop. God damn it. <laughs> you know he doesn't have insurance. <laughs> you get a red set. You did the uh, in New York, though. You, you like, face planted as soon as you came out of the door. I did. I oh, did. really? Oh, I killed myself. I murdered my, I bled all over everything. It, we were there for four minutes. We hadn't even drank anything or done anything. And I killed myself. And the best part was, and they can all confirm this, my wife didn't flinch. She was oh. like, that's, that's normal. That happens. That's just yeah. Steve. He just, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were to the hospital. <laughs> so my question is this. What do we see the time frame for the ultimate SSR bike build-off? Time frame? Like, When's that going to happen? Are we going to wait oh. for the snow to melt? Or are we going to try to rush it? I, I would not I mind. Thursday if you want. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I would not mind having at least one session out at the farm before the snow melts. Right. Wait, yeah. so you want a dry run before the official one? No, fuck you, dude. No, 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 no. <laughs> he wants to do it soon so we can ride in the snow. I want to build the bikes right. and at least get one sh set yeah. of shenanigans exactly. in the snow, pulling sleds, doing that kind of stupid stuff. Because if we get these, like, if we build these bikes on Tuesday, right? Then we could go to the farm on Saturday, right? I mean, I have trucks. We can just throw the bikes in the back of a truck and, and off we fuck, right? A good friend of mine gave me a three-bike uh, trailer that could easily haul three bikes yeah. at once. And I still have a five-by-seven. We got plenty of ways to get fucking bikes. Plenty of ways to get that, those things out there. Moving six bikes to the farm is no problem. And I think we could run a few time-lapse cameras on all, like, the room with all the bikes getting built so we can see a kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, I've got that 360 camera, too. We can there throw you go. Even better. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, watching you guys deal with China's finest is going to be my best day ever. Like, because I'm going to just stand back and go, oh, yeah. That's that that part. That's the best right there. That's the delicious sweetness of like them in China putting that bike in a crate and going, this is going to be hilarious. Do you have one tip for us? Yes. Don't don't eat bat. I have I've got a I've got a <laughs> He said I've don't got, eat bat. <laughs> I've got an absolutely big, big tip for you. That's what Forget. no has ever said ever in the history of your <laughs> Forget that motorcycles must remain upright. Ah, okay. Get freaky with it. See, yeah. Nick, I could hold it and you could put it together. You know, we could, I could do the muscle. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. Brain. You got tiny hands. I'm stupid. The best thing you can do is you can just, you, you got to think, you got to think three dimensionally. Well, you know? it, it ships dry. So you. If you invert it, you will create a fucking problem for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So if it's fully inverted, you'll have a problem. And but you can get really, really aggressive with the lean angle prior to that, and it will help you. Yeah. 
but the oil that they ship them with, yeah. I don't think it has a viscosity. A viscosity. No, no, no. The oil they ship them with has a lifespan that's measured in minutes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, so they don't ship them dry? No, they ship them with oil in them. But they're not, it's not motor oil. It's <laughs> oil. And, and, and it is, it is, I'd like to use the term, it's break-in oil. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because there the is thing. no promises made on break-in oil. Please, yeah. any listener or anybody that wants to entertain themselves and not participate, <laughs> but just enjoy reading things, get on Facebook and join a couple of the clone uh, groups. So yeah. all these guys buying the Grimms, the Groms, the SS oh. and all this stuff. And these are people that have never owned a motor. And to their credit, they've never owned a motorcycle. They're new to the thing and stuff. But also some are really stupid. And so they'll buy them and they just like throw the front wheel on and they immediately start the thing. And they're like, my bike ran great for like four minutes and now it doesn't run anymore. And everybody's like, did you change the brake, the, the shipping oil? They're like, no, why? And like, so they basically ran their bike out of water for like 20 minutes. It's horrible. It's just dumb. <laughs> well, I mean, why wouldn't you expect that from somebody that's buying a Chinese bike like that? Cause it says it in the instructions. It says this bike comes with no fluids. It's shipped with shipping oil in them. Those people don't know how to read anyway. What's funny, <laughs> you guys, what's hilarious is on these bikes, there is a big fucking tag, a big, a big tag with a zip tie going through it. A big tag that says ensure engine bolts are properly tightened and secured the engine bolts that go into the frame and somebody took the time to make a big beautiful tag in english with a zip tie through it going right in by the bolts that hold the motor to the frame here's what i'll tell you on every single one of these i've done that bolt has been a good quality bolt it's had a really nice quality nylock on it and the son of a bitch has been put on to 36 foot pounds of torque where they told you to look for the problem is not the fucking problem. They are fucking with you. There are going to be things that you think are simple that will waste 10 minutes of your time. Does it say Titan bolt to 36 foot pounds? I love you long time. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it says things like, well, every other pair, every other set of handlebars I've ever put on any bike in my life has all required this. And it doesn't I know that that I don't know when the bike looks at me. It's going to say you too, Buku. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible, man. So you got to worry about when the bikes, you know, they turn them on and it says, please send missile codes to. <laughs> <laughs> what is shocking? And I will. And I have to say this because I know we bust balls all the time, constantly. But you guys remember, it took me four years. It took me four years of dicking around to find a Chinese pit bike company that i was willing to sign up with right mm -hmm. because most of the time it's really garbage it's really really fucking bad and what i will say it, ssr god love you man i don't know how long it took you to achieve this level of greatness but every time i've built one of their bikes i get it built i i pour some gas in it i pull the choke and i give her three kicks and on the third kick it's it's amazing how predictable they are. And, and I think you guys all got to see, they're not slow. No. You know? So well, if you ride the 125 first and then you go to the 110, you yeah. feel like the 110 is slow, but it's yeah. not. But it's way slower than that built. No, the, the 110 is probably a really good indoor bike. 
You know, yeah. it's probably a really good. When you, you brought cruise around your living room, <laughs> you brought the 110 out at the podcast. We were all doing wheelies with like, you know, giant monkeys on the thing. We were fucking pulling wheelies on it. I mean, it was fun. It was a great time. So I saw that Big Ben was signing off, but the uh, I did want to read ben, Big Ben sent us a couple of uh, messages on the on the Patreon. And he's right. You know, he gave that link to those uh, Indian chief the chief bobber and the super chief, which again, if you watch letter, Kenny, the super chief thing, it's hard to look at that bike being like, okay, super chief. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, but he's right. I mean, and that's it. And then he was like, yeah, he goes, this is pretty much the bike that you need for a three day adventure on the ADV rider form. And then he was like, you know, that's the amount of gear that you need. <laughs> and, you know, that, that's about right. So yeah, Ben, big Ben is on top of it. The, it is it is definitely a less is more scenario. I'll assure you of that. Uh, I'm excited though. I'm excited if we can get these little mini bikes built and then get out and play with them uh, before it gets you know too spring timey. I can't wait to play with ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a question for all you guys. Go ahead. You're all familiar with the Royal Enfield Himalaya. I am the Himalaya. Yep. So we've it's been out for what three years, two it years, has. Year? yep, and two motors. Two motors. What yep. do you think? Like, if you were going, if you were Royal Enfield, and you were going to bring out the 2021 version of it, yeah. what would you improve on it? What would be well, the thing that you guys think that they would that like? There's two the, things that they improved. What do you think those two? The things? biggest thing was last year when they made the motor bigger. Okay, because that had to happen. I mean, I've ridden them. I have not ridden it with the new bigger motor, but I have ridden a lot of them with the older, smaller motor. And I couldn't, it didn't feel like it was safe to be ridden at the freeway speeds I wanted to go at, with the older, smaller motor. So okay. go ahead, Steve. Oh, I'm just, uh, does anybody else have any ideas what they might need to change for this year? Is there something that you thought just looking at it would say, hey, I, I think they should do this? Well, if not, they they addressed um, well two of the most important things you probably can address on a brand new bike. Graphics. There you go. <laughs> Bright new graphics. <laughs> you got stronger luggage racks and built-in sat nav. <laughs> oh, built-in sat nav. But I like the stronger luggage racks. That stronger uh, luggage rack. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I I mean I don't know if they if they all busted off or not. I'm I'm not. I, again and bold new graphics we can see here yeah i've <laughs> uh man i have you rely on say if you rely on a gps to find your way it's that's ridiculous i use a i use my old uh military compass well but i mean built-in sat nav look dude i've got a phone yeah. what do you I've, need one built in for right i I, be old. <laughs> I own a phone so the phone i own you know, yeah, there you go. Ooh, look at I that. I just found the seat for my SSR. That's perfect. <laughs> that is perfect. Came right off of a, 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 a grizzly. That's the queen seat for a quad runner. Or, I was going to say for a, a Yukon or a grizzly or some shit. But it's like, look, on my phone, I can do Google Maps or I can do Apple Maps or I can do Waze. There's like nine different apps that I can have that are insanely accurate GPS systems. Why the fuck do I want India's, you know, $29 off of Banggood put on my handlebars to be original equipment? It's not going to be great. 
I already have a phone. Your your navigation system doesn't say thank you. Come again. Yeah. Ex- oh, yeah. And I mean, I've got to. I tell you what, I like anything that says thank you. Come thank again. You, yeah. Right. <laughs> You're like, I'd like, to, I'd like to go downtown Cleveland. It's like New Delhi. You're like, no, downtown Cleveland. No, we. Don't. <laughs> I would prefer that to have a female's voice, but. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't see. I just don't see that having like. Anytime a company says we're going to put an OEM sound system on, it's invariably it's the lowest bidder, right? Like anytime anybody puts an electronic device on a motorcycle, it's not going to be as robust as the thing I'm going to want to have and use as my regular go to, right? So look, <laughs> what the hell's The navigator's name is Bob. <laughs> I, I I can't I just like I can't when my brain thinks of like high quality electronics I don't think of Royal Enfield audio box <laughs> audio box exactly <laughs> no man my, the, wife's, my wife's GPS is a sexy Australian guy talking to her there you go I'm like really? Oh, I'm cool with this. Yeah, he sounds. If you nice. peel the if you peel the royal label off the royal Enfield label off the GPS, it says realistic underneath. <laughs> <laughs> Unrealistic. <laughs> oh That's my. Radio Shack's finest. Oh, how the mighty have fallen, Kenwood. Oh, oh indeed, Kenwood. Have- more. <laughs> yeah. Kenwood. So COVID's been pretty hard, and obviously uh, Phil and Oscar, you guys know firsthand that they canceled the you know Isle of Man TT, right? Yep. So what happens to a a very famous Isle of Man TT guy when there's no Isle of Man TT to do? Oh, Land Speed Records. Look at Guy Martin is fucking crazy, dude. Yep. Yeah, Guy Martin. Guy Martin decided to do, and I. So I had to look it up, and I had to figure out what class he was in because I couldn't figure out what class that thing was in because it's that. not a full street legal. And right? by what does it say right here? Eight hundred thirty Herspers. Eight hundred Herspers. Yeah. Right. What? Yeah. <laughs> 200, 270 miles an hour, and it appears to be a standard wheelbase. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's nuts, uh, dude. He is fucking nuts, man. I love it. Horsepower. I mean, that's a V eight, right? I don't know. No, that's a. I think. I don't know. I thought it would be a Hayabusa motor. <laughs> Steve said it's a single. <laughs> it's a single. Well, it has a turbo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a turbocharger, but I. I mean, look. It's a it's, yeah, yeah. The whole thing is only sixteen seconds. <laughs> Honestly, not joking around. For, of all the things Guy Martin has ever done, you know, getting into a hastily assembled World War One airplane or whatever, probably more dangerous than this. But but doing one single lap of the Isle of Man is more dangerous than getting out of an airplane at 30,000 feet. Oh, I'm sure. Right. There's no doubt in my mind just to do it and attempt to do it. We've seen it. It's fucking ridiculous. Also steel, man. <laughs> you know why they keep trying to make it illegal every year and shut it down? Because that's a good idea. <laughs> because every single year, the number of spectators and the number of participants and racers win, like fight to see who can die more. <laughs> Nobody goes to Disneyland to see what the body count's going to be. 
no, that's not a thing. Like, if, if the Indianapolis 500 killed as many people as the Isle of Man has, they would have shut it down in the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Like, the Isle of Man is the weirdest fucking thing. Yeah, it's so, it's so, I'm glad we got to go, and I want to go again. We're on the last one. <laughs> I don't want to go to the last Isle of Man, ever. I don't want the 100th running of the Isle of Man to be the last, the last running one. of the Isle of Man. I don't want that. I want to go back. I want to spend too much money. I want to go and get ripped off on my house. <laughs> Whatever. I don't care. We had a blast. I want to do it again. Do you think an island that makes their whole income off of a race will ever let it die? They make, they have a lot of races. Right. So that's the first thing is they have a bunch of races, <laughs> but that's the one that is like, that's the game on version of it. Right. But yeah, we Oscar and I know what it's like to be the Isle of Man because we were there at the rainiest year in the history of Isle of Man. So like we had to we had to learn what can be done on the Isle of Man when people aren't <laughs> banging their heads off of cobblestones. Right. Like we had to figure out what there is to do at the Isle of Man if you book it the wrong weekend. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, can you imagine that? Oh shit! Six thousand dollars down the drain because I'm an idiot. We felt like Chevy Chase in vacation. Like parks closed, moose out front. Should have told you. <laughs> we were we were there for a 14 day event where they actually did what they were supposed to do for three days. Oh wow! The other 11 days, we had to figure out all the interesting ways to jerk each other off, and I mean, it was. Hilarious, and we had a good time. <laughs> you like to go to the Isle of Man? I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> we had, I mean, honestly, it was the worst Isle of Man ever. Everyone told us. Meckle Fresh, after your last comment, is trying to figure out how to chloroform you and set up his backyard to look like the Isle of Man and say, Hey, we got 12 days, baby. Look, uh, start up a couple bikes and rev them up a little bit. Look, we're at the mile, man. <laughs> man, she puts on the lotion. With the, Oscar, with the Oscar. emphasis on man. Hey, wait. Smith left so he wouldn't get dicked. Yeah, I think he did. I think he left. <laughs> he I left, Irish, he left he so he wouldn't get dicked. Uh, so oh, now we can I, break out all the anus jokes. Every everywhere we went on the Isle of Man, everywhere. We went, people apologized to us. Like they did. People, people that run museums and shit, um, they, le- they legit apologized to us. Hmm. And we paid, we got these little badges. We got these little badges for our hat that gave us access to every museum on the island. And we went to all of them. <laughs> so I'm always like, well, you know, if you get on the bus, it's a 17 hour bus ride. We're in. <laughs> and we'll do you go. remember that one of the last ones that we went? They even gave us like sandwiches, and they had like the like He's muffins and shit, and coffee, and everything for free. And I was like, oh, "Cool, okay." They were bribing us with snacks and cookies and sandwiches to go to one of the best museums I've ever been at in my life because it was like Joey Dunlop's like friend of the family that had built, and they had probably seventy-five two-stroke race bikes wow. that were all. Isle of Man driven shit. And what, if, what would happen if we all showed up at the Isle of Man today? It'd be the greatest thing ever. We'd be like, hey, we're here for the Isle of Man. Really? Off season? Customers? Business? Yeah, come on. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not joking. I, we did it the way that we did it. 
I, I, this is how bad it is of an addiction. Once you go there, we did it the way we did it. While we were there in the process of doing it, I was already thinking about how we were going to change it up to make it different the next time. Like using the green lanes and going off-road and doing it like dirty style uh, and that kind of thing. And then also like, okay, well, maybe renting a bike because our housemate rented a bike and spent a fortune renting a bike and like rented the world's most unreliable brand new Triumph. Like (laughs) that bike died underneath him like twice or three times. Wow. So, yeah, they had to change it up to a different one, right? He had to <laughs> drop it off and get another one because he just... rode three bikes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in in eleven days, he killed two triumphs <laughs> and had to ride all the way across the island to go back to the livery to get another bike. So, like, yeah, not yeah but most most of the people that we met yeah. have been there six, seven, eight times. I mean, a few people we were, we were actually meeting that they were the first timers like we were. Most people have been there. Oh, it's great. It's too bad you don't have something like a Moto Compo where you could just pack it with you and send it over there and <laughs> ride it around. We well, thought about that, actually taking the, the foldable bicycles. And just, and just I swear to God, that. I'm not joking. We could put six or seven or eight SSR 125s on a pallet, <laughs> strap them on, wrap around, wrap them on. Knowing how far you guys went to get there and stuff, right? You know, that anybody coming from the US or areas like that are going to be diehard people into it, right? But like, obviously, if you're in Europe or somewhere kind of close by, it's not that big of a trip. So, in the general public, when you guys were walking around and stuff, is it mostly like hardcore fucking motorcycle guys, or is it kind of like a trendy tourist thing for Europeans too? No, no, no motorcycle. 100% motorcycle riders. If they didn't ride there across the water, <laughs> they were making apologies for it. Okay. You know, I would have ridden here, however. Yeah. Right. And so for Oscar and me, they have this thing called bucket listers and we're bucket listers. So they would say like, oh, these guys are bucket listers. Just going to Isle of Man and going to go there one time Mm -hmm. to just to experience it. But then everybody we talked to was like, yeah, yeah, you say you're doing it one time. (laughs) But unless you're here with your casket following behind you, you're going to make plans for it to be here next year, too. That's what we said about Mid-Ohio. It's like, nobody's ever gone to Mid-Ohio and said, yeah, that's fun. I probably won't see you next year. They're all like, I'm coming back here. This is going to, I'm doing this every year. Mid-Ohio is the same deal. So Dan and the uh, Vulcan Dan just said that Isle of Man right now only has in a total of 436 COVID cases in total. Yeah, I mean, that's... that's, Out of a thousand people that live there. (laughs) (laughs) There's a YouTube channel called Unrestricted Isle. This is a blatant plug. Um, This is a friend of ours that we ran in, that we met via this, like via this shit, Unrestricted Isle. Um, We were nice enough to not stalk him and make him feel weird. (laughs) <laughs> but then he sent the guy that was making him feel weird to go sleep with us. So the, uh, <laughs> but and, and go figure. Um, we love the guy. He's great. So, but unrestricted aisle is the name of the YouTube channel. And he's a guy that lives there. 365 girlfriend, friend, the whole thing. And he rides motorcycles to work every day on the mountain course. And yeah, like, he does track days on the island. Like he participates in the motorcycle culture 100%. And he's a young guy 
and he does all the cool stuff. And I think he just got COVID. So uh, go to his website, check him out. It's called Unrestricted Isle. And I once like, you go to uh, Nick's technique for the uh, safety squints. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> I like Nick's uh, technique for the safety squints. The safety squints. I was going to ask, what are you doing there, Nick? I'm cleaning a carburetor. Oh, perfect. Dude, this is why I thought I you were shooting your own uh, YouTube channel. <laughs> well, thanks to Nick's YouTube channel, as as a result of Nick makes and breaks things. Yep. Well, there's unrestricted aisle. There he is. There so, it is. Uh, yeah, and so if you go look at his videos, he's he's just a really nice guy, and you know, don't ask him to stay at his house. <laughs> Steve, Steve, I've got to go. make you stay with us. <laughs> Steve, I've got to go pee. Do you want to come with me? Oh no! So Nick's uh, so Nick is now officially monetized, right? Hell yeah! That's it. I've I've made two dollars and sixty seven cents in the past two days. Yes. Good rain, Nick. Well (laughs) done. Hey, you know what? You've done better with that than most people have done with Bitcoin. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you didn't burn up a video card in the process. (laughs) I made a bunch on Bitcoin. Really? I, I, bought it, I bought it at 9,000 bucks and I sold it at 33,000. Yeah, you invested. Yeah. yeah. Right safe, not slow. There you go. Yeah. Hey, uh, it's Unrestricted Isles Facebook. Yeah, Unrestricted uh, Isle. I'm going to say, if that was such an important thing for me when we decided to go to watch all of his videos to kind of get an idea for the way the things worked. So that was great. Uh, but so Nick's, uh, as a result of watching Nick's YouTube channel, I have then started finding things on Facebook marketplace that I wouldn't have looked for, <laughs> including small remote control cars. Yeah. And I, yeah. that link that I made was for three, not one, but three mutant remote control cars. Like, they're not like a remote control car, like a normal remote control car. No, they're the screwdrive remote control cars or like the flippy floppy upside downy works in any configuration. The, the cheaper and cheesier, the better. <laughs> well, I would say that for $20, those were three winners, my friend. It was really good. And one of them was one of the ones that the Nikki used yeah. on the, one of your yep. videos. Right? Yep. It's the, the Hot Wheels terrain twisters, the screw tank style. Uh, the titty twister. That looks cool, man. I want one all this stuff, money, Steve needs to buy his daughter an engagement ring for his future, hopefully, son-in-law. Wait. He just hit big on the uh, Super Bowl. What happened? Yeah, my, uh, my daughter's boyfriend uh, hit big on the Super Bowl, $142,000. What kind wow. of bet do you have to make to win that kind of money? Yeah. It was some obscure bet, like uh, I was gonna say, like defensive. Like he had to pick two defensive players. I don't, I don't even know what he did. That had My to be. Daughter the... tried to explain it to me. Like yeah. he picked two like uh, defensive players that made yeah. something in that uh, that the they wouldn't score any touchdown. Yeah, that's so side that obscure right bet there. that nobody right. made. And so because he made that bet, and yeah. because uh, the pool was so small, right. he made. He made a lot of money, but you know, uh, good for him. Yeah. And you know what? The kid is smart. He paid off his college loans. And he can pay for his own wedding ring. I said elope. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> but so, oh, wait. I, I would be taking my daughter to the nearest fucking jeweler and be like, here's a set of engagement rings. See if it, you better pop the question quick. Yeah. <laughs> Just hide her birth control. <laughs> <laughs> 
Just take all the little pills out and replace them with chiclets or whatever. Yeah, you're grab the start pretty soon. Cool the bun in the oven, and you got a new sound. Oh yeah, oh, get the hole in the. Oh, nice condom, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Why do my birth controls taste like sweet tarts? <laughs> hey, uh, America has switched to uh, September. Oh, Nick, what you got in the basket, buddy? Uh, this is what my oh, can you see the? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. This is my Harbor Freight um, ultrasonic cleaner basket, yeah. and it is crum- it is crumbling. Yeah, they disintegrate. They literally yeah. dry out. Yeah. So Nick, you're going to cost me a million dollars at some point. So how's how's that? Um, I really had a hard time not figuring out a way to sell everything I own to buy the KZ900 Cafe Green and White. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> and so, but I didn't, you know, because it's not my thing. And I'm kind of a Suzuki guy now and stuff. And I have all my 850s. So Nick sends me this artist renditioring and uh, rendi- rendi- that whatever. Um, and if they fucking make this bike, easy for you to say. <laughs> I will sell my wife to get this bike. Look at this fucking thing. It's the West Cooley, but it's like the new, like 20. 20- it's a West Cooley replica. Yeah, but it's a 2020. You know, I mean, look, it's all new and shit, man. That's a Westplica. Yeah. Yeah. If, they, if they make this bike, I will buy it 100. Yeah. percent I don't care. I will stab somebody and murder people and do. Yeah, there's enough. There's enough there going on to legitimately honor the original bike. Even this, um, this right here, they never get this right, and they yeah. got the whole fucking side panel thing. Well, they got it right. They got the tail right. They got the they got the weird square headlight. They didn't fuck this all up. Yeah, they got that right. And I, the only thing he fucked up though is that it needs the mirrors coming off right here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know. That's because DOT. You can fix that. Yeah. So is that like a Suzuki Jixer or something with the West Cooley bodywork kind of? It looks like one of the G. It looks like one of the four-cylinder leader bike. Yeah, frames, um, whatever. Yeah, something. Yeah. But, but if they made that, they would say they would sell so many of these. See, here's the thing: I don't get about manufacturers. Some dude makes this. They put it out there. There's right. like 200 million dudes that are like, I'll sell my wife, kill a dog, and murder somebody to get this bike, <laughs> and then they don't fucking do it. Right. You know, I think yeah, that's only the three people that want it. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> Wait, no, but then they come you, out you know with what that, one, you know, oh, five years later. Is that, uh, that, I think that the replica, the rendering is built off of the katana. I'm comparing like a photo and the engine looks the same. The, the motor chassis. looks the same because the transmission yeah. configuration on the GSXR is different than it is on that bike. So right. that bike is the more street or the more, you know, mild mannered version. It's not the full on balls to the wall GSXR. Right. And it has a similar exhaust too. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's a more, it's a, which is what it should be. You know, we, we don't want to take somebody and take a CBR 600 or, or a CBR 1000 RRR and turn that into a, a standard, a sporting standard or something, because it would be awful. Has know? anybody called that the CBR pirate yet or no? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. The R3. Yeah. The CBR3. Yeah. Yeah. It's awful. Just awful. I see a VF. I would like to see a, a cam-driven VF 700 as a standard. Did you guys see that our friend Tom Pennington down in New Orleans is battling with a um, semi-modern BMW uh, ABS controller? Oh, lucky him. I, this is it. If you guys, 
If you guys want to know where hell lies, hell lies in the belief that you can buy a $3,000 shaft drive liquid cooled BMW or oil head, an oil head BMW that you're like, oh my God, this is a BMW. It's a boxer motor and it's only 3000 bucks. Big deal. It's got an ABS light on. No problem. Yeah, nice, nice try because that stupid uh, nice paperweight power power brakes on that thing are are the best or the worst. I did see that they did have a uh, second life kit, which I love the name of it. The second life kit for the BMW to replace the OEM box, the OEM ABS box, and it's only like seven hundred pounds for a one item for one piece. And you have to then retro-engineer everything to put the son of a bitch in. Old BMWs. This is a tip from your Unky Phil. If you think that you're going to fool everybody and buy an R1100 RTP or whatever for 3000 bucks, I got a BMW for short money. The second the ABS starts to play up on you on that bike, you are going to enter a world of shit. Because no one's ever changed the fluid in it. Exactly. Right. You're right. The fluid on those those BMWs was designed to be changed every 46 hours. And if you didn't change the fluid every 46 hours, that ABS controller just crunched up on you. Wait, you have to change the fluid in the ABS controller? No, there's the fluid in the ABS. The fluid in the brakes. There's the brake. There's two circuits in it, though. There's the circuit from the handle and the circuit to the to the calipers. Yep. And if you don't do that, and if you do it wrong, you're totally fucked. <laughs> hey, so, so speaking of BMWs, you know how like motorcycle and car BMW owners are very particular, right? Bring more wallet. And if you're into vintage BMWs, then there's like a lot of holy grail cars and all this stuff. So the I have an E3. I have an E3. Right. So like, you know, like the, the ETH, whatever the M or maybe it's the M three thirty or there's like, whatever, 1980 original three twenty I. Right. So there, this, this, this BMW guy found a mint, like 20,000 mile, like 1985 fucking M three, whatever. And it was like all these BMW guys were jerking each other off. And it was going to be like a $200,000 car and everybody loved it. Yeah. And some rapper swooped in. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. This rapper swooped in and took yeah. this unobtainium car. Right. That like there's one in one in the entire right. world. It had red interior, it was originally Alpine White, and turned it into this, which actually is kind of respectable, but Oh my <laughs> god, look at the fucking headlights. <laughs> so all the BMW guys are like crying and they're saying it's like the worst thing that's ever happened in the history of BMW in the ever because he destroyed this car. And I'm yeah. like, he did all right, man. <laughs> it's an M3, and he made it into a rally, you know, a, a, a rally tribute car. But supposedly, yeah. the original one sold for like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars because it was like it was the car. It was like every BMW guy was like, like they would hold each other's dicks talking about this car, just feeling <laughs> throbbing about it. And then this dude comes in and just hacks the fucker up. Usually, like, you can hang around BMW guys, BMW car guys, until they mention the bat. And then when they mention the bat, just fucking leave. Just go away. It's That's when it just got too fucking weird. And they're going to start tweaking each other's nipples and stuff at that point. Just go away. So Vulcan Dan says that he has a theory that BMWs are only designed to last 10 years. Right. No, he's right. Yep. He's right. He's absolutely right. Modern BMWs 
Uh, Modern ones. The old ones were designed to last for in, infinity. Right. Yep. Some of our podcast listeners will, when I say uh, Chris Winters, I'll, I'll mention a name and I'll say Chris Winters and people are like, oh, we know that guy. And so we knew a, a person that was selling uh, like a 13-year-old BMW. And it was uh, it was 70,000 or 80,000 miles and it was in decent shape. And the car was like cheap. It was like 3,500 bucks. And that is like a really cheap way for somebody to get into a BMW car. No, every fucking thing underneath it, suspension, steering box, like all that stuff is like, it's like $10,000 to make it all work correctly. So well, the yeah. problem with BMW is that they have this philosophy that the whole car has to be recyclable. Yep. So everything on it is like, like the, uh, a lot of the parts are like biodegradable. Yeah. So if you have a biodegradable part on your car, it's already degrading the day it's made. Right. So yeah. so all these kind of like, like you can't buy a, a fan blade like for the cool like in the heating and cooling system. You have to buy the whole thing. Yep. You can't. So the fans are designed. They're probably made out of cornstarch. So as soon <laughs> as they get wet, they disintegrate. <laughs> So it's and they're totally over-engineered too. I mean, I, I love German cars. I mean, I had an A4. I love Audis. I mean, I love BMWs, but they're totally over-engineered. And they have like the like every single cam chain on all those cars. The cam chain tensioners are shit. Well, BMWs are notorious. Modern BMWs are notorious for a timing cam system, a timing cam chain system that is not serviceable. Right. I have a question about this. Yeah. I mean, when you have a, a, a timing chain tensioner, it's a chain. Right. Why isn't there a metal sprocket on an actual bearing yeah. that, that is? Why is it always a rubber wheel or a slider or something like that? I mean, like, isn't there a better timing chain tensioner? Yeah, but the idea is it has to be quiet. So it can't sound like a, you know, a 1941 you know, fucking Sherman tank. So, you know, BMW's had their, their timing chain lawsuit that's been happening now for years. And BMW is like, yes, they're defective. And now they're like, okay, well, good luck getting us to pay for it. Because if you own a BMW after like 2011, you're just fucked. I mean, it is one of these class action deals. Like, uh, I think it's the N20 and the N26 motors, maybe. They are just notorious. And... I would never consider buying a lightly pre-owned BMW car because of that kind of crap. And it's like that gets out and then the lawyers have a discussion to be like, well, is it better to fix the problem or pay the lawsuits? Well, Just shit. take it apart, open it up, yeah. get a self-tapper and a roller skate wheel, take up the slack and zap it in there. And beer perfect. And that's the Call Cam. Call Cam. Call Cam. Call Cam. Yeah. A million years ago, I was the proud owner of a 1968 Lincoln Continental with a 462 cubic inch plant. And it was an engine that would last for freaking ever. (laughs) Suicide doors. V8. Awesome. You know, baby blue, black vinyl Landau top. Blue, 100% pure blue cow interior, <laughs> AM with an eight track, right? And I was driving it at an irresponsible speed as a young adult, no, a teenager. And the timing cam let go, the timing cam chain let go because 
1968, that son of a bitch had a vinyl. Oh, yeah. It was a. It had a vinyl tam- timing cam chain gear. Don't you mean Bakelite? No, it was fucking vinyl. I know because I had to clean it out of everywhere. Little pieces of white plastic everywhere in the motor. And, and, that- said, and then GM said, those Lincolns all blew up with that vinyl timing chain cam. We want more of that. We can put it in too. We can do it too. (laughs) And it did. And it blew the fuck up and it left me stranded on the side of the road because, you know, it was like, it was a 20 year old car. I'm sorry. It was a 19 year old car with 70,000 miles on it. And you know, a 19 year old car with 70,000 miles on it. Of course it's going to blow up because it was made in America in the late 60s. Every engine should be designed like a 22R. Yes, exactly. You a 22R. You cannot destroy that engine. It's got a double row yep. steel cam chain, and yep. they, the tensioners never go bad. The, yeah. It's the ultimate. It's the ultimate engine. And I feel the same way about my Toyota V6, the V6 that's in my Tundra. I'm absolutely certain that there will be aliens walking around on this planet, and they'll be finding those motors, and they'll all still work. You know, it's a 5VEZ, right? Yeah. Wasn't yeah. there a thing where they had the guy that hit like a million and something miles, the, the oil guy that went from Texas yeah. back and forth yeah. and stuff? He had over a million miles on his Tundra. Took apart his motor and it looked fucking perfect. Yeah. And they said the, the biggest surprise in the entire thing was they thought the seat would have held it up, held up better, <laughs> but he weighed 350 yeah, pounds. He was a big boy. Right, right. Yeah. And so they were like, we really got to work on that seat. <laughs> like okay cool not valve seat not oh. timing nothing <laughs> run forever seat, yeah <laughs> how about the frames that turn into dust or the differentials that turn into dust and all the shitty yeah. metal they used in it i mean the drive well, that's, plant, that's right? again nobody in the world can understand how cleveland spends the rock salt that lives under our lake since our rock salt is free here because it's literally under our fucking lake we spend rock salt like it's the world's easiest currency. So that's why cars don't last here. You know, that's it. Thank God for we know, we know. Steve, do we have the floating pecker? Uh, yeah, we're getting there. Hold okay. on. Stand by. I'm Stand fucking by. totally awake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just relaxing. You're getting dicked. <laughs> I think the odds. I think at some point they were up to twenty bucks, weren't they? Yeah. On the side bets. Yes. On the side. On the side action for for who's going to sleep first. I hey, think that was it. The drool off her face. That kind of. <laughs> Hold on, let me get the sleep out of my eyes here. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's funny. That seems fair. All right. So, anybody else got anything fun? Yeah, I got one thing. Fire it away, Dan. I, I showed this before. I This came in the mail today. I ordered it because of you guys and uh, kind of realized I have a couple things that are awesome accessories for this. Didn't one you get one of those at the podcast? Huh? Didn't we give you one of those? No, I don't think I, I wasn't there when you guys did oh, that. Oh, shit. No, I, I might get you one. Yeah, but you have one now, so great. I got one. Okay. I've got this. I've got to wear a screwdriver. That's kind of cool. It's got uh, some of the same bits in it. Yes. Yep. That tapes. Yep. That's a good. That's a really good screwdriver. Yep. Good locking. And uh, yep. I was thinking that quarter inch T handle um, ratchet that I gave you guys would be a great accessory for that too. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Dan, Dan, send me a link to that screwdriver. Yeah. 
text it to me or something. Yeah, just put, put it up on the group text because I really want to get one of those. It's a cool screwdriver. That's super cool. Yep. I've already got the the web page up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. The uh, I don't uh, I don't know who was it. Was it John that said he hasn't had good luck with his vessels? I had a I I was over here working when I was taking that starter yeah. off the CB three fifty. I tried out the vessels. I'm like, this is a perfect opportunity. The the the, the, the screws wouldn't come out. Right. And I whapped it. I whapped it. I whapped it again. I'm yep. like, am I not using this thing right? Trying to turn it and whap it and turn it and whap it. Took a chunk out of my thumb. Shit. And I finally went over and grabbed my old Craftsman impactor. Right. Yep. And whap, whap, whap. It took it right out. Right so I don't know. I Well, with it, the- it could be just user error, but... I was a little less than impressed with the vessels. I mean, it, to me, they, you know, just like anything, you, you put a little bit of a preload on it, just a tiny bit of a preload on it. And then you, you give it a smash. Now it only works backwards because anybody who did an impact in the forward direction is just the antichrist. But the, uh, but yeah, it's, that's a problem in the first place. Exactly. <laughs> you know what? They, they make those impacts that go forward just to fuck the next guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because it's always F, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> My eyes are clearly open there. They are clearly open there. Fuck you. <laughs> but at least I got the schniz instead of a fucking dick. You got a vajankle. <laughs> in case you were wondering, in case you were wondering, this is a vajankle. <laughs> I'd, I'd fuck that. I'd fuck that real hard. Put the bacon. Oh, that's reflection of the bacon on top of the Corvette. I'd fuck that real hard. <laughs> I just like that somebody fucking uh, made a jankle. Like, what kind of weird fucks are out there that you need to have a vajankle? Probably listening to this podcast. Like, you know, I, I'd like to fuck a piece of rubber, but it'd be better if it were shaped like a foot. <laughs> this little piggy went to the market. Right. This little piggy went to the it's like, I'd be like, people are like, this little piggy went, ah, <laughs> I can't. It's like, why why would you want to fuck a piece of pastry? Like there's all kinds of people that are into all kinds of weird stuff. And I'm like, you you're taking away the fact that it's pastry. Like, you know, like, are you gonna are I mean, is your goal to eat it later? Because if your goal to eat it later is that it's totally different thing, and that's fine. But you know how fun it would be? You know how fun Look it would be. Look up a splorch. I, I don't have know. Have you ever heard of a splorch? I will. It's an ovipositor. Okay, I'll look up a splurge in a minute. Oh, Can you God. imagine taking a that shit. dude to like a normal bakery on a Sunday with a bunch of people? And he's just trying to look at all the apple strudels without poking somebody in the eye? <laughs> Great. A splurge. Come on, John. Is this what we're looking up? So Chris Smith bailed out, so I'll tell you a Chris Smith's joke for today. All right. You okay with that? Sure. Are we okay with having a stand-in, a surrogate for Christmas joke? Somebody's got to do it. All right. So these these three guys go to prison and uh, it's in a third world country and they go into prison and they say, OK, well, you're each going to get 30 lashes. And so uh, they pull the first guy up and they're like, we're going to give you 30 lashes, but you can have put anything on your back you want. And the first guy says, 
Terry goes up and Terry goes, I, I want oil on my back. Put oil on my back. And they put oil on his back and they give him 30 lashes. And he's just screaming in agony. And they said, okay. So Jerry goes up and they go, Jerry, you're going to get 30 lashes, but what do you want on your back? And Jerry goes, no, I want nothing on my back. Fuck you. And they give Jerry 30 lashes. And he's screaming, but you know what? Fuck you. And so... Perry goes up and they go, well, Perry, you're going to get 30 lashes. What do you want on your back? And he goes, Jerry. <laughs> so there, there's a splurge. Yeah. You guys. What? That is. what? Yeah. Yeah. You'll never be able to watch the Mandalorian ever again. You'll never be able to watch the, the Yoda, the, you know, the end of the first season thing, you know, where Yoda's just like chomping on a whole alien species, you know, like just just a completely 100%. Yeah, well, this is this is the device for inserting those things. Oh, terrible. Yeah, it's an OVA depositor. Yeah, it's not good at all. Like, yeah. You, and that's the thing is you're like, oh, look, this is my night in. You know, I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to give myself a spa treatment. I'm going to give myself a facial and a nice hot bath. And then I'm going to go implant an egg in myself. And you know what's going to happen is like nine hours later, that thing's going to melt. And that's what it is. Do your research. It's not there so they can put it in and be like, oh, later on, comes out. No, that thing melts. It actually, it, 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 it. Ooh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah you, you know what sounds really good? Like a Chinese finger trap flashlight. It's an egg? Yeah. That sounds really good. It's supposed to be for people who fantasize about being raped by an alien. Honest to God, true story, Nick, you'll appreciate this as a hobby guy. So, <laughs> as a hobby guy. I can't imagine where this is going. Oh, God. Back in the day... I flew giant scale airplanes, right? Big ones, right? And in the winter in Ohio and stuff, we'd fly little tiny foam airplanes inside golf domes and shit, right? Yeah. And so it got to be like you had to like you had to modify a Dremel to mill like two, three mil foam out and take half the weight out. So the whole fucking thing weighed like three ounces. So it would fly really slow and everything, you know? Okay. And then you would glue it together with like this this foam safe super glue and shit, right? And foam safe super glue sucks. It doesn't, it's not really quick. You have to hold the shit for a long time. So I was still with my ex-wife living in Lynnhurst and I'm in, I'm my nerd self in the basement building this fucking airplane in a pair of sweatpants. You know, I don't give a fuck. I'm down there and I'm dumping glue on this thing and it's not sticking and I'm dumping more glue and it's not sticking and I'm dumping more glue. And I'm like, I'm down there and uh, I start to feel kind of weird. And I'm like, huh? But then, so I found my kicker. And when you hit CA with kicker, it chemically acts. It goes, and it like, you know, it just bonds real quick. So I hit the airplane and everything with kicker. And my pants explode in basically a, a flash of like, oh, my God, what did I just do? Apparently, the glue had dripped off the airplane and down onto my sweatpants, which then had covered my junk and my underwear. So when I hit the kicker on it, it flashed at about 800 degrees and welded my dick to my fucking pants. So I'm going, ah, and I'm screaming. And my ex-wife comes walking down the steps and she's like, what are you doing? And at that point I had pulled my pants down. So I'm naked and my dick is stuck to my pants. And she just goes, I, yeah, I don't even want to know what you're doing right now. And she just leaves. So I'm sitting there and I'm looking and I super glued my cock to my underwear, which is inside. <laughs> 
<laughs> now I'm like, fuck, what do I do? I don't know what to do here, man. So I had to go and find some like debonding shit. I got like mineral spirits. Now I'm dumping mineral spirits on my junk to try to get it to debond from the fucking super glue that is now bedded everything in my oh, Did you seal it shut? No, I didn't seal it shut. And then I got divorced <laughs> three weeks later. So I mean, that happened. <laughs> Oh he's like I don't know what this guy's into but I don't want to be a part of that <laughs> soon, he man. tried to take a leak and it looked like one of the kids in the backyard playing with one of those old <laughs> pump up rockets <laughs> oh dude oh, it was one of those uh, uh, hoses those leaker hoses <laughs> silly snake yeah those, those silly worm just squirting <laughs> all over the place wacky worm yeah Mm. So, like, we, did, we, we did install two toilets now so when I pee it just goes that way and we're fine so. <laughs> <laughs> don't um, cross the streams yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we cool. figure for the uh, property John and I have an idea to uh, get a two toilet um, put two toilets in in a building right attached to the old pole barn okay and yeah. a shower so that if we do do a, a if Mid Ohio does do not do? happen, yeah, do do. <laughs> <laughs> but if Mid Ohio doesn't happen, we'll have a place to. I mean, it'll be reasonably civilized. Well, and you know what? That's true because everybody likes to say, no matter what event you go to, you're like, what do you bring to the party? The guy who brings a double-headed shitter. Everyone likes that guy. But, yeah, it'll be clean. It'll be uh, hosable. You'll be able to take a shower. I mean, it'll be nice. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. So I was thinking, like, once you guys set this up, one of the main things we all like to do is hang out and do stuff at Mid Ohio. Just kind of like whatever. We could have like a Mid Ohio every couple of weeks. At your, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it would be a nice getaway, like once a month at it, least or something. You think it sounds like a good idea? It's a terrible idea. I know, yeah. but at least if we space it four weeks, we could heal in between each time. So Look, it. man, alcoholism does catch up to you. <laughs> That's true. We have we have people that don't come here anymore because. <laughs> It can catch you. Like if you don't stay running, it catches you. So you have to, when it comes to alcoholism, you got to stay running. If you get into a circle, like you get into an orbit and it'll catch you. It'll just wait for you to come around again. And then the next thing you know, you're drunk. Yeah. Alcoholism is very tricky. And if you give it that many opportunities, trust me, I've been, I've been one step ahead of it since I've been like 19 years old. Yeah. It's it's don't let it catch you. If it knows where you're going to be next weekend, you'll probably be an alcoholic. We'll be in Oberlin now. I can tell you that. <laughs> I'm telling you, you keep showing up at the same place over and over again. Alcoholism will catch you. Yeah, we can, we can get an exorcist or something. <laughs> <laughs> tell the alcoholism you're going to be over there and then you'd be over here. That's the trick. Everyone else has got a drink in their hand and you don't. You just fooled alcoholism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks for fixing that, Steve. <laughs> no problem. So we'll see. We'll see what goes on. But yeah, we could just do a mid-Ohio every weekend in my basement. Why not? Sure. <laughs> That's not mid-Ohio. That's a sex dungeon. <laughs> it's just like eight old guys talking about the same C, you know, CT70 in the corner. You know, Trail you 70. Put, you put them out here. 
Yeah. What's the difference? Uh, we could have we could right. have fire. I think need to be right about here. Yeah. <laughs> it would look like Nick's background picture, right? <laughs> Just with with old men. That's, that's all it would be. I thought that's what we were trying to trying to achieve. I don't. I'm confused. It would be men in a figure nine pattern, just circling <laughs> those three bikes. And it was just like the mini Ohio and it'd be great. And then like every once in a while, somebody walks through the Domino's pizza for $73. You know, <laughs> we could, we could do this at my house because there's a little Caesars right down the street. Perfect. Oh. If they could bring it by in a golf cart. Yeah. yeah we need to get, we'll have to have them. We'll have to build a golf cart for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's it and if you're like oh well i i gotta go to the bathroom okay that's great you can go over there and poo in a bucket or something and that would you know simulate the whole experience that would be it and then you fall asleep and at 6 30 in the morning somebody wakes you up with a weed whacker this close to your ear it's just like being there yeah well i got some uh, I got, uh my friend was getting rid of um tractor tires so i got those as fire pits for the property you just oh, light the tire on fire and you're good to go. I was going to say, for the whole winter, for the whole weekend. They're the rims, not the rims. The tire. I, I was literally going to say, tractor tire as oh, a fire pit. Tires, but the rims. So. I was going to say, I think Winnie Mandela had that same thing. She would just run up to you and throw one over you. They call yeah. that, that's called the, what, the Ethiopian necktie? The Ethiopian or necklace, right? It's like, yeah. it was like, tractor tires can't make a good fire pit. One time, rims. So yeah. the rims, perfect. Now that's now that's on target. Yeah, that, that's like pretty four, cool. They're four or five feet in yeah. diameter, so I mean, I guess that's illegal. Oh, we just got demonetized. <laughs> All right, <laughs> they will never find that in the middle of this video. No, no. Sniffer, that sniffer, sniffer. No, literally. First like, okay, go to the one hour and fifty-one minute point one sec. One you realize seconds. my daughter's watching this on Twitch right now. That's, that's right. The problem. Yep. Please, and just sent her a picture of his junk. More sophisticated. <laughs> the first yeah, you know what, like whatever it was. What I think is hilarious is uh, on the Twitch, all of our listener are chiming in. Right. All of him. <laughs> Is it Rand? No, there's eight, it- eight people. But you know yeah. what? We have to promote it. We, we, we literally posted it like 6.57. Like, hey, if you're interested in coming on, we're going to do this in 10 minutes. So, hey, just letting you know. And again, how is that any different than anything else we've ever done? <laughs> that is formula for success shall never be compromised. Well, I'm a little concerned now because you guys had me look up all this weird shit to fuck with John that I'm on an FBI list. For Probably. The Vajanka yeah. and the Spleem or whatever the fuck you don't <laughs> I just looked up an ovipositor for no apparent reason whatsoever. <laughs> it's okay because I did it on Twitch, which is a platform mostly occupied by children. Yeah, right. <laughs> and Oscar. What can go wrong? We have, we have a warning. We have a warning. It says, are you over the age of like 15 or so? I don't know. It says, do you can't watch us unless you're older? Really? Yeah. We Because like you, you can get in trouble if you're not honest. So <laughs> there, there's a bit of adult content on this podcast. Just so we're mature. <laughs> says, well, says the guy sitting in front of a field of weed. Well, yes. <laughs> 
And for the record, we all got here, but we are just visitors. Oscar lives here, right? So like as much as we are we are vacationing in the land of Twitch, this is Oscar has an address here. Like Oscar <laughs> Oscar's like, oh, you know, the age limit only uh, is only real if they aren't animated, right? Because right. animated can be any age whatsoever. Oh. It's fine, you know, right? Oh, so, you know, she was clearly, she was clearly forty six years old, and her splork was ready to go. Man, I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> or splorch or what was it called <laughs> I, just, I, I literally just expect to see nothing but dudes like Krieger from Archer right. just <laughs> having having their own avatars <laughs> room. and it's like you walk into this room and it's just all these incredibly sexy hot Asian avatars and then you're like you see behind the curtain and it's literally this it's what you're looking at right here right now yeah <laughs> well, this is Nick Nick unzips his head, and Nick turns out to be a seventy-two-year-old giant fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> this, this little group right here looks yeah. like every gas station when you pull up on a vintage motorcycle anywhere in the state of Ohio. Absolutely, hey, I haven't seen one of those. <laughs> I'd love to buy more lottery tickets, but I got to go talk to that guy. <laughs> I see you're about to leave. It looks like your friends are in a hurry. Let me stop you for about 15 minutes and talk to you right now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Can't, can't, can't fake that out whatsoever. Uh, so I honestly, Steve, told, Steve just told me a story about a guy he ran into in uh, what was it? Rochester or something, or when you were coming back from Indiana, the thing that I wanted to say that for this, uh, if, if you if I ever get invited to these, this, uh, whatever it is, the motor stories with Unky Phil, I have a really good story. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll save that. We'll save that. We're making the rounds. Yeah. hundred percent. We have stories that we're setting aside just for Oscar. Oh yeah. We brought up ideas. Yeah. Like, we have stories we're setting aside just for you. Yep. Like the, the joy of it is now that Meckle fresh has actually done it. He'll, we kind of have it in a system yeah. like Steve and Fernando have done a really good job of making the moto stories thing work. And we tested it to see if it was breakable with Stefan. Yeah. <laughs> Stefan didn't break it. Oh, so if Stefan can't break it. It's unbreakable. Yeah. Right. It's what I like to call unfuck Yeah. 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 And, and then, and the interaction is cool. And like, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be good. Good time. Yeah, we have a good time, and I, I, it is, it's heartbreaking as as John will tell you. We're sitting here getting ready, and Fernando and Steve are doing legit work. Like they're doing real. He's work. done. No, he's done. He didn't. It would be like if you showed up at Disneyland and they were like, "Okay, wait, we're gonna build the ride." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, that's, and that's what it is. You get there and you're like, "We're gonna do this," and and it's like, "Oh no, hold on." There's like nineteen thousand feet of cable that needs to be laid out well and the, and the most exciting part about all this is that um i my daughter or somebody that was using my computer set it to automatic updates and it updated to the new big sur thing which completely killed my computer's ability to edit video so oh. now, and I, it, I can do it but instead of like being smooth now everything i do takes three minutes instead of like immediately it's it's fucking horror i want to stab everybody out. i don't see why you'd have to edit any of that stuff though 
No, that stuff's oh, all cool. cool. No, no, it's cool, but you have to go to different angles and stuff. And then, you know, when you pee yourself a little bit, I have to take that off and cut the fill, you know, when you weren't looking. And yeah, you know, here's my imitation of John after his 17th Mai Tai. So, anyway, you look right here. The best thing, I was like, you nailed it. I was like, John, here's what we're going to do. Anytime you're talking about a carbon or something, I will pull up something. And I, when I'm editing it, I will pull it up so you don't have to get up, you don't have to do anything. He's like, okay. He's talking. He's talking. He's like, hold on a minute. And he just runs up to the camera and just shoves the carburetor into the camera. So in the screen, all you see is like a fucking gorilla attacking the lens, and then it's all out of focus and shit. And then he goes running back, and he's like, "Was that okay?" <laughs> like, fucking he great. dropped his microphone. Shit is going haywire. He's gone haywire. <laughs> There was plumber crack about this deep hanging out in the back of the whole situation. At that point, I'm like, oh, God, we have a second camera angle. That's good. I got to take my pants down and fix them real quick. <laughs> I'm super gluing the lens back together after it broke. It was terrible, dude. Let me just fix my britches. <laughs> it was hilarious. And it was just one of those things where, look, I'm around drunk people all the time. I make drunk people. It's one of the things I build. And I saw this situation. I was like, ooh, ooh, we're getting close. We're getting real close. And then I was like, kept going. Let me get you another drink there, John. My favorite part, though, you are a sneaky fucker, too, because John was almost done, and you're like, <laughs> oh, no. Half of your drink and his you drink. see me? I totally balanced out. So it got to the point where I was like, Ooh. <laughs> like, I'm like well, you don't get this, you don't get like this until you understand. Like there's drunk drinking is a competitive event. Yep. And I have lost a lot. Mm -hmm. And watching John though, John was like, Oh, and I was like, Are you sure you're okay? And he's like, Oh, and but but it got to the point where I was like, oh, this is getting good. But there is the thing with John, because John goes from like, this is the best John you're ever going to have to being too much fun. <laughs> is the Chocolate Thunder episode posted yet? <laughs> we did not do a chocolate thunder white lightning story. We did not. That that's oh, not I where we know went. If the, on the old podcast is that posted yet? Oh, that's somewhere. Yeah, that's 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 out in the world. <laughs> we just have to figure out what episode. I don't think that's I know. I want to look through that one so badly right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was out today. We went down to Rural King to buy me a jacket. Oh, and, I was, uh, and we drove past the brass pole. Oh. Which is out there in Oberlin, just so we all know, that not too far from the farm. No, it's pretty close. Is the brass pole? And Nick commented, "I'm like, have you ever been in there, Nick?" And Nick's like, "I had to go in there one time when I was working over here for the thing, and they, you know, we had to go get a sample, and that was the only place that was open." And he's like, "Yeah, I saw a girl in there that I went to high school with." And I'm like, "Ah, <laughs> that's perfect." You'll never see so many stretch marks in your life. <laughs> I saw a girl I went to high school with, and her daughter. And their babysitter, <laughs> and they were all working together. So, yeah, that's and it is true that a lot of motorcycle events are just enhanced just a little bit by having a strip club nearby. Right. Yeah. And you know what? If you count all the people in there, you get one set of teeth. 
Oh, you just pass them around when they eat corn. <laughs> Occasionally, you get a couple of guys putting in their going to town teeth. They're fancy going to meeting teeth. <laughs> I carved these out of some silver maple. <laughs> you got your summer teeth. Summer here, summer there. <laughs> to go along with her butter face. Okay. Everything looks good, but her face. Right. That's it. Boy, she's ugly. You're not looking in the right places. <laughs> The toothbrush was invented in West Virginia. It's Look a little deeper. It's called the toothbrush. For a Look a little deeper, and I think you'll find some beauty there. <laughs> Oscar will tell you about that. We ran into those girls outside of the Mexican flea market in Vegas. Oh. You, were you there for that? Were we all crammed into the No, room? but I don't know. What are you talking about? I've been in Vegas. Uh, Hand to God. Been to a lot of strip clubs in Vegas. Most yep. of them are awful, and they just want your money and the whole deal. We went outside of town to the Mexican flea market. You know, the flea market, yeah. And then there's La Chicas Bonitas, or Bonitas Chicas. I can't remember, but it's one of the two. But I'm, my Spanish is bad. But that place, we went in there, and the beer pitchers. Yeah, that was with uh, Ropa, right? Yeah, and the beer pitchers were chained to the table. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't really. <laughs> When I went out there with my boss, I tried everything in my power to get him to go take go there. I'm like, come on, I know about this place. It's called La Chicas Benitas. We gotta go there. Come on. It's the cheapest city bar you can go to. The the stools were legit chained to the floor. It was like so you couldn't so you couldn't steal them and you couldn't hit anybody with them. So in my head, all I'm thinking about is titty twister from dust to dawn. Just like oh, oh yeah. This was the low budget titty twister. Like this <laughs> oh, was fancy. this was low budget. In fact, I think that the low stage might have been a tractor tire with a piece of plywood put in it. <laughs> yeah. It was it was straight up. It was a hard bar at 2 p.m. on a Sunday. I can definitely <laughs> see that at the the, the brass pole. It was not the place you want to fall in love. Dude, that's and not a brass pole. It's a muffler that they fucking <laughs> at the top and bottom. Well, but we went in there, all of our idiot friends, and their girlfriends and wives were like, it's okay. We're going to stay in the car, but you guys have 30 minutes. And so it's like, okay. So they're like, you know, they're like six deep in a Volkswagen Jetta. And there's like the six of us are in the club. And so that's fine. That's and we're like, okay, we got 30 minutes. So let's get six pitchers of beer right now and we're gonna go and we're like okay and the first woman that came out obviously was the mother of most of the people that owned the place and she danced a little bit and it was great and then the second girl who came out was kind of like okay but then the third girl that came out was a drop dead stone cold fox call my friends ask they'll verify it she was impossibly (laughs) beautiful and she was gorgeous and we were just like we need more time Cause it took like 20 minutes for her to get out there. And we realized we were on the wrong side of the clock and we sent somebody out to talk to the wives and girlfriends and say, there's been a scheduling error. We need more time. They were like, well, you can get a bus pass, I guess. And so we begged for more time. I went back in, we continued to, amaze ourselves and then one of the wives stina came in stina came in was like we're gone this is it you boys have had 45 minutes we've the fun has drained out of this situation for us out in the car and so we did not want to leave at all (laughs) and we did we left and we we fucked off but we all of us 
all of us that were there, we will all tell you, go there. It's cool. But it's also the world's greatest flea market. So <laughs> sounds fun. Yeah, so I have a question for you. So like I, I, I saw this dude who was selling a beachfront house in Baja, Mexico. Yeah. And he said that it's the, the house is $35,000, but then your, your lease of land, because you can't own land or something, is $3,000 a month or something? Probably. Right? Is that how it works there? Like you can buy the house, but you can't buy the land? Uh, only um, Mexican nationals can actually own property near the beach. Okay. okay. So you're probably going to have someone else buy it for you or maybe the land and you can just pay for the for the house but yeah you you cannot own beach so property. foreigners can't actually own beachfront that's actually kind of smart right Fuck yeah, yeah. We need to do <laughs> block everything <laughs> oscar can you tell me can you help me out on this because i remember on one of our trips down to mexico i noticed there were tons of houses that were like not quite finished being built yet and they didn't have a front door on them but they were like, otherwise, they were just like fully structured out and ready to go. But there was just like, there was no door on it. Did they have the broken bottles on the stone wall around it? Yeah, that's oh. after. <laughs> <laughs> that's just cheap barbed wire. Yeah. Yeah. But what no, was no, the deal with the no doors and like the, the houses that were like. No, it's just, it's just uh, um, construction companies, they make those and either they don't have the funding for finishing them up or there's no people buying them. Okay. You, you uh, described this bar that was, I don't know where, on the coast where you would pee right off into the ocean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great idea for the property where, you know, in Oberlin. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, to have, no, to have the back of the property where it's just open, like, I mean, a bar like that. Yeah. yeah. Are, Overlooking the ship. <laughs> and just put a funnel. So you can just pee in the funnel and just <laughs> over the all the way to the wastewater treatment. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't even need a funnel if you peed really hard. You could get it. <laughs> <laughs> We're all over fifty, except for Nick. So just a gutter, just yeah. a, just like a normal like household gutter, rain gutter that goes away. The only time I have pressure is about three thirty in the morning when I have to get up and pee for no fucking apparent reason. <laughs> all right, well that's good. I think that's all I got. Yeah. That's it. Uh, if you enjoyed the Twitch, that's great. Um, go check us out on the uh, Moto Stories with Unky Phil. Yeah, we should probably promote Twitch occasionally. Yeah, we might. We might want to. Now that we've done it twice and we're the pros. <laughs> we, have, we have a track record of actually showing up and doing it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Streamers. At first, <laughs> how are cool you are we, John? Our kids have to think we're awesome. I'm not a YouTuber. I'm a streamer. We're YouTubers, <laughs> we're streamers, man. Oh, and Piper, uh, Piper, was, Piper was asking me some terms, and I can't. I wish I could remember the name. John, go to her and say, "Hey, are, are you are there, pods, are there pods or something like that?" I fuck. I don't, I don't know. know, but just if you want to impress her, go up and be our CTR is like sixty nine percent, man. That's click through rate. In case you're not cool. <laughs> Wait, now, Steve. I want to. I have a question though before we go. Uh -huh. Last week you touched on this thing where somebody called you like old man and all this other stuff, and I was like half asleep. I think so. Uh, one of Cam's things. So, yeah. what was? Can you just kind of briefly tell me what happened there? There was just a whole bunch of stuff about political stuff that's going on. And I was just like, wow, really? 
Was this on like a, a on a podcast or was no, it? It was just a just a Facebook thing, you know. Oh. Whatever. And then all these young twenty year olds were just like, "Okay, boomer," and all in this call. And I was just like, "You know what, man?" Like. They weren't really 20-year-olds because real 20-year-olds wouldn't be on Facebook. These were exactly. olds right. <laughs> pretending to be 20-year-olds. Well, my favorite thing was this one dude got all up in my shit and was talking all this American stuff, and then he was from Brazil. Oh, of course. Oh, he had no fuck. I was just like, I was like, because he was saying all this bullshit. I'm like, dude, I'm like, meet me and I'll drive to Cuyahoga Falls and rip your larynx out. And he was like, ha dude, I'm in Brazil. You're so stupid. Ha <laughs> whatever. And I'm like, okay, so you're a pussy in Brazil and you're trying to be cool. That's great. You know, I come from a generation where like, yeah, okay, you know, when somebody says a bunch of dumb shit, you want to fuck around? I'm nuts. I don't give a fuck. I'll stab you in the eye with something. You know, like, that's what I'll do, you know, but whatever. I, More I, importantly, I will bleed all over your shoes. Yeah. I'll stab you in the eye with a shoe thing or two. No, but I just, it's, it is interesting to hear, like, so generations are different and it's kind of funny how like, I guess, you know, we kind of take things seriously. Like, if you're my friend and, and whatever, and you say nice things, whatever, it's cool. If you don't, okay, whatever. These guys have different relationships. Internet is different than real life. You can just be a complete cocksucker on the internet, but that doesn't really mean that you're a cocksucker in real life. So I'm starting Nobody to knows you're a dog on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> or a cat. Or a cat. <laughs> right. so, well, if you want to have guys, interact the same way, exact- kind of be reasonable. I mean, yes. if, you, if you ever want to see somebody again in person, you better goddamn well be reasonable with them. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. The so they, did, they, did, they did figure out what the uh, the episode for Chocolate Thunder is. Uh, 151. Of course it is. Of course it's 151. You guys planned that shit. You guys knew it was one. You were like, oh, we're bringing 151 to 151. <laughs> Where is it, though? Is it online? Yeah, well, yeah, it's on if, if it's if it's after episode ninety three, it's on our regular. Uh, yeah, okay, I'm listening to that tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and also, so I'm thinking about this. So, Phil, I obviously wasn't here in 2011 for the podcast, but you guys started in 2011, right? Yeah, about yeah about that. Yeah. So that makes this the 10 year anniversary. So that mm-hmm. means we have to get a 10 year old fucking single malt or triple malt, and we have to have a celebration with a nice 10 year. Oh, man, you scared me so much when you said we got to get a 10 year old. <laughs> no, you almost fucked me up right there. Yeah, like that was, that was a little too. No. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we can't do that. World booze, B O O Z E, not O S or anything. Booze. Yeah. Alcohol. That's what I said. I like my bourbon like I like my girls. Just and mixed up with Coke. <laughs> can't do that that's not cool man you'll end up on a special list you'll get kicked off the mandalorian and shit i just heard a really funny joke oh what's the worst thing about eating a vegetable the wheelchair gets in the way <laughs> all right guys with that please ride fast and take chances that's the red button.